what we need are a few items to help us in our perfect plan to stop the super friends. Cheetah, you have razor sharp claws. Brainiac, your mind games are deadly. Scarecrow, you're, you're, you're made of straw. What more do you need? Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watched Wonder Woman 1984. This is starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, and Pablo Picasso. Now, originally, we weren't going to do this as an episode. We are going to do Jim Cotta or something else. I don't even remember. But Parker alerted me, dude, this might be a future episode. And I immediately rerouted my GPS, turned it on, coming traffic went right to the place. You know, I have to see this. Oh my god, guys. What a picture. Do I just hate women now? Is that my problem? <laughs> I, I'm really thankful that we have zero female listeners, so no one will find out that I don't respect them as much as I thought I did. <laughs> and there goes the other Alex. Well, uh, before we get into the movie, Parker, do we have any news? Wonder Woman 3 is being fast-tracked, boys. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> what a relief. <clears throat> Same director and everything. Oh, good. She did such a good job. Isn't she getting a Star Wars movie, too? She sure is. <laughs> and when you looked at the action in this movie, weren't you like, oh, hell yeah, I can't wait to see some space <laughs> dogfights with my rogue squadron. I really, really hope she brings along executive producer Zack Snyder again, you know, just in you case. I wish Zack Snyder made this instead, because at least it would look like something. Which is a sentence I never thought I'd say. I'm going to have to disagree there, because I love this movie. <laughs> well... For different reasons. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but Zack Snyder has never made an enjoyable bad movie in his life. So. Correct. All I know is I had to reverse engineer because I opened my phone and just saw a note that says, Wonder Woman 2001. What does that mean? And then I'm really <laughs> what I've done. <laughs> Love to write things down at 4.30 in the morning. You and everyone else who can type enough to tweet. <laughs> yes. And then Warner Brothers is like, hey guys, we've had a lot of success. We've got more plans. I read about a paragraph of it. Their plans would just include, like, literally almost double-digit DC movies a year. They've had oh, one success. All right, uh, fuck it. Fire them off. How? I read the phrase, two concurrent universes, and shut my phone off. What the fuck? <laughs> they have a hundred years of comic books, and their answer was, we're going to have two different Batmans, you guys. Just fucking shut it all down. Can Jared Zoom Leto be in both of them, though? You know, he's so twisted. He can do whatever he wants, to be honest. That's what I was thinking. Actually, you know, speaking of universes, especially in Batman movies, apparently for the four-hour Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, which I have to watch, uh-huh. apparently this takes place in a different universe from the first Justice League. Uh-huh. How? That's, yeah. that's the question. How How does that... How? Remember that time Gal Gadot got so twisted she got into character by sending a bunch of dead Palestinians to her castmates? 
How long have you been Jeez. sitting on that? I was gonna say dead rats, and I was like, nah, just say what you really mean. <laughs> Are you calling Palestinians rats? Jesus. Okay. Imagine cool. no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, if that's it for the news... Well, we're just going to yeah. gloss over them re-greenlighting the uh, Obi-Wan movie? I don't want to talk about it. I didn't, I didn't no, know I just that, made that I... up. I wanted to see if Parker would you know, take the door. <laughs> don't worry, dude. The series is coming. <laughs> what a relief. Can't wait to not watch it. On all, all those unanswered questions of, Hey, what did this guy do while he was just hanging out in the desert for 40 years? Follow-up. Don't care. <laughs> but has that stopped me before? No. Let's get into our jerks of the week. I'll let you guys go first. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Uh, well, Alex's jerk of the week should be the entire corporate structure of America, because had I not had to work the Christmas going into the next day at midnight, Chris and I probably would have just recorded it that night, and he wouldn't have had to sit through two and a half hours of this. Are you kidding me? I'm so happy I watched this. <laughs> All right, that's I'm so fun. happy for you, dude. <laughs> Parker, I think my jerk of the week has to be you. What? All I've done is work and sleep. I didn't do anything to you this week. So I, I just I'm trying to understand your culture here. Don't. Oh, this could go a lot of ways. So the guy with the long hair that wears the Joker mask did a bunch of rhymes at Randy Orton, and then somebody got lit on fire. Bro, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> you're asking Am the I? wrong fucking person. Look, all I know is my girlfriend found out that somebody got lit on fire in a wrestling match and went, we have to watch that. And then it's just like five minutes of rhyming and Randy Orton posing wait, and we didn't get wait, to really? any lighting on fire. It's very strange. Does the Twisted Joker guy rhyme now? Evidently. Last last time I saw him, he was just this weird swamp monster thing. That's uh, uh cool. Apparently... Randy Orton killed his Harley Quinn-looking girlfriend, and now he does rhymes? Dude, I don't fucking Fuck, know. man. That sucks. Yeah, lit her house on fire. I, I was trying to gather it, you know, in verse. Yeah, Parker, what were you thinking? Look, even I, with nothing but time and alcohol, was like, I'm not fucking watching WrestleMania this year. <laughs> oh, this was some other for... pay-per-view. I know, don't but worry. like, if I'm not going to watch that, I'm not going to watch fucking SmackDown or Backlash or whatever. <laughs> if I can't be bothered to watch the Royal Rumble fucking shit house out of my mind i ain't gonna watch this that is fair but it's also Wonder Woman like to watch. you did this that's fair i'll take it i'll anyway. fall on this sword <laughs> anyway <laughs> i am the fiend i am well, the best character on this show <laughs> better than the salami and the bologna combined. <laughs> am i gonna have to find that audio too uh-huh how do you not already have it why don't you just download Hey Arnold just as a future investment for the show? Well, that like, was a Rocco's Modern Life. I'm sure the Wacky Deadly episode thing. is on YouTube or It's YouTube, something. yeah. That's where I usually just... Just yeah. go through every 90s Nicktoon and just put them on your hard drive. Just save every yourself single time. audio You think there's like a YouTube comments guy just like talking about how Rocco's canceled now? Because, uh, you know... There's, I'm sure there's something for, I'm sure. for reasons. My my uh, my jerk of the week is this hypothetical YouTube comments guy Bob Shipman somewhere. <laughs> Do we should get movie Bob on the podcast. <laughs> Actually, start Parker talking just... about eugenics halfway to the episode. <laughs> Parker, does movie Blob have a British accent? Uh, you can if we want him to. 
I can't I can't imagine him without one, although I don't know what he sounds like. So I just imagine like that size he has to be thinking oh, I was playing Moria the other day. Alright, next week's guest, the quartering. The talk for seven and a half hours about Captain Marvel for some reason. Oh, that sounds like fun. That'd be great. Okay, let's talk about uh what we've watched recently. Do you guys have insomnia? Why am I asking? You guys have insomnia, just like I do. And every once in a while, you'll put on a movie and you'll think, oh, this is a three-hour nap. Have you ever seen a movie that was under 90 minutes that turned into a three-hour nap? Because uh, I watched... how, What was Justice League's runtime? <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> okay, so I watched a movie by Ingmar Bergman called Hour of the Wolf. It's only 88 oh. minutes and I fell asleep twice. Proud of you. <laughs> Which is weird because I actually like Ingmar Bergman. I actually like his... I like The, the Seventh Seal. Uh, I like uh, Wild Strawberries. I think he's a really good director. But Hour of the Wolf is one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in my life. There are no wolves in Hour of the Wolf. I'm so than an hour, like 0 for 2. <laughs> that too, yeah. You know, oh my goodness. Liv Ullman's in it, Max von Sydow's in it, and they're boring as fuck. Don't watch this movie. It's a waste of time. I was never in any danger. <laughs> we were not going to cross paths. Oh, speaking of foreign movies that Parker will probably never bother with, I watched Guillermo del Toro's Kronos from 1993. Um, actually, pretty good movie. Uh, I don't like it as much as some of his other ones, and I believe this is actually his rookie effort, but for a rookie effort, this is actually pretty good. You know how a lot of his movies, they involve children in some capacity, and it kind of makes horror somewhat palatable to younger audiences? This one, I would say, maybe not so much. The basic idea of Kronos is that uh, there was an alchemist, right? And he's searching for the key to eternal life, or how to turn blood into gold, one of those things, I don't know. And... He, he dies, but it's like, wow, he was really decrepit when he died, and there's, like, mysteries about it. Anyway, an ancient artifact is found by this old Mexican dude. And <gasps> Can he make wishes on it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He cannot make wishes on it. Not allowed to. So it's like one of those golden scarab beetle things from the mummy, but it doesn't go in your skin. It just, like, stings you, and it puts this toxin into your blood that will allow you to live forever. And it'll even, like, make you feel and look a little bit younger and stuff but it gives you a thirst for blood. So this is one of those vampire movies without saying the word vampire. And it actually works pretty well. Uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. Ron Perlman is in this. Uh, he's he's really good, as he typically is. And the makeup effects are really something to watch. I'm, uh, I'm a little impressed. I mean, that man did I... make a fish fuckable, so... Yeah, 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 yeah he's just got the talent. one. All right. Just... <laughs> 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 real one trick pony over there you're not wrong yeah <laughs> uh, uh finishing off movies from the list another foreign one uh i watched dario sargento's tenebrae which is an italian horror movie and it's about an author who writes <laughs> doing the hand thing <laughs> good of course <laughs> do it with left and right and you're dual wielding. <laughs> i have to put down my beer for that oh yeah <laughs> anyway uh he's an author and he writes horror novels and this woman gets murdered in Italy, uh, and pages from his novel are stuffed into her mouth. So he's a prime suspect, 
and uh, they have to solve who's doing the murder, and he suspects that it's one of his fans, or maybe like a stalker or something like that. John Saxon is in this, so finally some class for this movie. It's pretty good. Uh, apparently this movie is still banned in Germany, and for the most part I'm Uh-oh. watching him like, yeah, that's that's one of those <laughs> things I'm watching, I'm like, oh no, what are they gonna do? And I get like an hour into the movie, I'm like, I don't know why this would be banned in Germany. Now, one of the things about banned movies in Germany is that uh, after that one incident, they started banning a whole lot of uh, media over there. Uh, anything that was extremely violent, they, they would ban. I think they were actually the ones for, if you ever played the original Resident Evil, that's the reason why the blood is green by default. Because you can't show red blood in uh video games in Germany or something like that. I I don't remember the exact wording, but they had to have that option enabled by default if they wanted to ship it to Germany. The German video game market is apparently very powerful. Uh, Anyway, I I liked it quite a bit. The only thing that's really important to mention about Tenebrae is that the main character looks and sounds like Tim Allen. So I thought you were going to say Hitler. (laughs) That was how I knew I hadn't watched it yet because all the Italian movies run together for me. As soon as you said that, I was like... Well, I clearly remember that. So <laughs> yeah, that's, he really so, does it. <laughs> so to be clear, it was banned because they're still mad at the Italians for letting them down, right? I think it's something <laughs> along those lines. I, oh, wait, I didn't explain with that. Okay, so I'm watching like an hour in. <laughs> How did that I, trigger another thought? <laughs> don't ask. So like I'm an hour in. I'm like, why is this banned in Germany? I don't understand. It's really not that bad. A woman got choked by like a cord or something. Some guy... I don't know, drown or something like that. What's going on? This woman gets disarmed, so to speak, and it is so fucking bloody. I was just like, whoa, okay, all right. I understand, apparently. Yeah, that, I'd probably ban that in Germany, too. The only interesting thing is that it's still banned today. It's it's 2020, and let's be, they're Germans, all right? Their pornography is more extreme than this. The 21-foot roll is illegal in Germany. That's why. <laughs> All right, uh, last two here. Now, Parker assigned me, you assigned me Split, right? You didn't assign me Glass. Sure did. Now, uh, Alex, restrain yourself. I uh, I hadn't seen Unbreakable yet. I'd only seen very, very brief uh, pieces of it on TV, and I wasn't able to really learn much from it. So I'm like, okay, I'll sit down and I'll actually watch Unbreakable. I fucking loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. I think it might be my favorite Shyamalan movie. Maybe I should go back and rewatch Sixth Sense or something like that. But watching it, I was grinning from ear to ear. I genuinely loved almost everything about it. The ending, uh, <laughs> bit of a buzzkill. Not kill. great. But <laughs> yeah. It was so fun talking you through the movie. And you're so excited. I'm like, yeah, we'll talk about it at the end. And I just get a text that says, oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I think the text was just, oh. Yeah, it's, it's funny because like, with the context of everything that's come like after that movie, it's aged really, really well. Because, you know, now we have all of these dog shit movies like Wonder Woman 1984 as like this like reflective mirror back on this like, oh, M. Night Shyamalan tried to make like his own weird self-contained superhero movie, and it works. And like, you especially you compare it to stuff from the time, like the X-Men movies, and it's like, yeah, oh, wow, this is actually really, really good, like both now and in context then. And then other stuff happens. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, One of the things that I like about it is you say it holds up well. There are parts where it is 
almost about to crumble because some of the things that I really dislike about M. Night Shyamalan are some of his camera decisions. There's a whole lot of, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it just, you know, pans from one character slowly to another one across the room, and then it'll go all the way back. There's a really infamous shot that's one of my favorites in The Happening, where they're in that, was it like a bus terminal or something like that? And it's on um, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and he hears Zoe Deschanel's voice, and the camera turns 180 degrees around to look at her like she's a fucking villain or something <laughs> and he, he's just been obsessed with that and it started in unbreakable but in unbreakable it works it makes sense it follows the cameras along almost like you're going to different frames of a comic book and it, it like i said it totally makes sense the other thing that m night Shyamalan does a little too much of is I, there's no way, other way to say this but taking his own dialogue way too seriously uh, the characters in Unbreakable are talking like they're still in The Sixth Sense. And it works in Unbreakable. It makes perfect sense in Unbreakable. It would be weird if they talked like they were in Deadpool or something. It, it's perfect for them to talk the way that they do, but you can't help but get the feeling that knowing what came after this, the village, signs, Lady in the Water, they're like, oh, maybe this guy didn't really know what he was doing. But after watching Unbreakable, Barky can make a joke about it. I kind of wanted to watch his other movies. So I'm like, what, what could possibly go wrong <laughs> yeah, with Signs? You see how you fall into that fucking trap? Because I watched yeah. Unbreakable, and it's like, you know, I haven't seen Signs since I was a kid, and then it queued up The Village next. That's how you watch three in a row, Chris. It's just, <laughs> it happens that way. Oops. And also, you mentioned Deadpool really triggered a thought of someone handing Bruce Willis a script that says chimichangas, and the death glare he would just give them, like, <laughs> fucking sake, that. That's the thing, is I there are parts about Unbreakable where you're able to take it seriously. Uh, here's a good example. When he benches 350 pounds, that feels like it has, not pun not intended, weight. It feels like it actually happened. It feels like it, it actually matters. Compare this to when Kristen Wiig cleans and jerks, what, 500 pounds in the gym? It's like, come on, that looks so stupid. It looks like it's for a car insurance commercial or something. It doesn't it even really look does. real. The general's going to roll into frame any second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the other things that I like about Unbreakable is really just the tone. Um, there is the very infamous scene where the kid points a loaded gun at his own dad. Look, you cannot make that movie without that scene. Yeah. You have to have that scene. I, I guess the kid is one of the big criticisms of the movie, but... I, I don't know. The, he was he was so minor in comparison to everything else that was happening. Honestly, I might buy Unbreakable on on Blu-ray. I uh, if I didn't know what came after this, my M Night Shyamalan stock would be through the roof. Yeah. There's a reason that it was. Yeah, right it's kind of understandable it in retrospect. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the movie. I think one of the things I like about Unbreakable is that it does something with the superhero genre that's different. I, after seeing so many Thor movies and Hulk movies and Iron Man movies. It's nice to have something that's just different. And here's the weird thing. I was about to ask Parker, Parker, what comic is this based on? Who who drew this comic? Is it Marvel or DC? This is all M. Night Shyamalan. This is all just in his head. I fucking love that. Oh, and one more thing. The the twist at the end. I Even though I kind of saw it coming that he was going to be the villain, I, I, I liked it. It explained things for me. It was like, I, I didn't see it coming in this way. I thought that, hey, that's really interesting. That's a good twist. And then there, and then signs was his yeah. uh, next effort. Because uh, like we talk about the end of the movie and it feels like it just ends, but also, it's a guy who can't get hurt versus a guy who like 
if he sneezes, will dislocate his shoulder. Like, there's not going to be a big fight afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the stopping point. I get it. But it's also like, oh, fuck, now we're really going... What do you mean, written, directed, and produced by? I'm not sure. Okay, everyone's getting I mean, up. I, I guess. think my problem was that it just freeze frame on on uh, Bruce Willis walking out of the uh, walking out of his office. His eyes firmly set on the craft services table with like words superimposed. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson went to prison. For more information on this exorcism, visit no. this URL. Fuck yourself. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I will say. Uh, so I watched it recently. I watched Split yesterday and Glass this morning. I am very excited for next week because that is going to be a lengthy conversation. I feel so. Here's the thing about Split. Um, I got an hour in, and then I had to. I got called into work for like an emergency four-hour session monitoring the network. Oh, like so you saw the good part. Uh, the the good part. Uh, here's the thing, uh, Alex. I don't know why you don't like it yet, and I'm hoping <laughs> to find out next. I'm hoping that I'm hoping to find out um, next week. Um, if you could please refrain from uh, spoiling it, I will. Uh, I will re- refrain from spoiling it, of course. But I do want to say yeah. that the part of the part of the movie that you've seen that I did not like was one hundred percent because of the audience that I saw the movie with, that thought every time that James McAvoy was doing a girl voice was the funniest thing in the world. That's I. Oh my god, dude! I fucking called it. I I actually had that thought exactly in my mind when I was watching it when he does. Uh, I don't remember the voice, the Hildegard voice or whatever, or Miss, whatever. He's he's like wearing like a red sweater and there's like a necklace. I guess he's got like a plaid skirt on or something like that. And he's talking like this. And my first thought was, oh, no wonder Alex hates it because the main character has more hair than he does. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, because, uh, because James McAvoy's British, of course. <laughs> no, because because I just I just had the feeling that I bet the audience he saw it with, with was yucking it up at those scenes. And that's not I, fucking funny. Did I ever tell you the like my my story of when I saw this? Uh, I think you might have. I may have forgotten it. By myself on Valentine's Day night. Oh no! <laughs> weren't exactly that the best crowd. Of that fucking oh, crowd geez. with this movie. Uh, that, that seems truly cursed. Hey, I got lucky. I went wait, to Texas it, and I got lucky somehow. Did, didn't this come out the same year as Deadpool on Valentine's Day? You could have seen that instead. Maybe it was a year after. I could be wrong. Could have done a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, uh, for the what, one hour of Split that I've seen, I think maybe an hour and 20 or something like that, uh, James McAvoy, uh, good actor, big surprise. Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, good actress, could have told you that. Um, looks all right. I guess this is kind of stigmatizing towards people with DID, but... Uh, so was Silence of the Lambs to trans people. I don't care. If you can make a good was movie it, about it, I'm not really Was care. it, though? Was Silence I just of- have the bar solo for horror movies for literally any kind of thing. It's like, yeah, it's probably not a great look. Wait, were you, you saying Silence of the Lambs wasn't a good movie? No, I'm saying that a lot of the uh, 2020 complaints about that movie are a load of fucking horse shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I was just making sure. <laughs> yes. That, sure, fine, yeah, if you, when you, when I said, yeah, you know, Silence of the Lambs was a good movie, you're like, was it? And I'm just like, uh, hold up now. <laughs> uh, Skip, you know I'm <laughs> sensitive to the plights of, you know, communities that have to deal with the kind of shit that they have to deal with, but also, not every bad guy is gonna be a straight white dude, sorry. Yeah, that's, okay, as long as we get there. Uh, as far as whether this is stigmatizing, I'm like, I don't even know that uh, James McAvoy is the bad guy yet, because he hasn't really, he's kidnapped them, but I'm like, what's going to happen next? I will say uh, one thing, I remember watching the trailer, 
It was either for the trailer for Split or for Glass, I don't remember. And I do remember that it had James Taylor taken off a shirt and he had like shoulder muscles for the first time in his life. And he was like climbing around on the walls or something like that. So when they mention The Beast, I'm like, okay, that's probably going to come back. Also, I know that it's a sequel to Unbreakable. So, I mean, otherwise, uh, you know, Split wouldn't, I mean, Glass wouldn't be involved. So I cannot overstate enough how like, it was the weekend release. I was like, hey, this looks interesting. Let's go see it. Because it was like a fucking January or February release. Right, yeah. yeah. And that movie just ends with Bruce Willis just leaning in. I'm like, wait a fucking second. <laughs> There's no way they're roping him. Oh, yeah, he'll do anything. Oops. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's one of the things about it is I am going into this already knowing it's a sequel, which maybe that's not how it was intended, but there's nothing I can do about that. So that perspective is going to be colored by the knowledge of, I don't know, having internet access. I mean, it's uh, literally like a last second. Yeah. That's, like, that's the fun. title card comes up and then that happens. People and you know what? I, I'm cool with that anyway because I want to see Bruce Willis in that role again. Sorry, Alex. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, people will say that that's the twist of the movie and those people are stupid because the actual twist happens like 10 to 15 minutes before that and it is much stupider. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll see to it. I'll get to it. I'm probably only a few minutes away from it. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about it more because I don't want to just yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can still, wait on that. Right, right. This will go yeah, long I'm still enough. still pretty positive on it <laughs> That's a good overall, point, yeah. but there's still that thing of like, uh, don't so, know how I feel about that. But so I like all, all the performances of, enough as a holder. We'll talk about it. Talk right, about right, right. I'm sorry. It, it, the, I will say this. After watching Unbreakable and watching enough of this, I keep thinking, man, we really should do the happening. We really should. It's going to uh, happen. Yeah. A week from now, I can be like, all right, so I watch Signs. You know, I love Mel Gibson. Like, why wouldn't I? And the village is like, you know, everyone hates that. I should give it a shot. And I haven't seen Lady in the Water in forever. It's going to oh, happen. That reminds He's me, Alex, have, Alex have you seen Lady in the Water? I sure have. Oh, boy. that's That, to me, is like the most arrogant movie of all time. If it wasn't for that, I might be like, okay, so we had a couple of bad ones. A couple of really awful ones. But Lady in the Water is one, like, I'd probably kick his ass. You say that's the most arrogant movie that you've ever seen, but also there's a four-and-a-half-hour version of Justice League just floating out there. Oh, yeah, I sure. Dude, it's is. already uh, done. It's yeah, ready to go. It's right what are you there. talking about? <laughs> the well, movie's you want to see done. these characters yeah. for literally a quarter of a day. The movie's done. Every week we just have a new character filming scenes for it. It'd be so it's much, ready to go. It'd be so much funnier getting Alex's girlfriend and be like, yeah, he fell asleep like ten times watching this. <laughs> okay, Look, so... Last... I didn't enjoy having to trick you in a shadow game, but also, I wanted to talk about it, and there's no, we could not pay Alex to sit through that. That's, yeah, that's also true. Shadow games had to be invoked, I'm it sorry. It took me so long <laughs> to find that audio file for shadow games. Okay. Because I know I'm going to watch it, you'll just get 40 texts like, you have to trust me, dude. You have to watch this. And you're like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, last one here. I, I got a sign when we went into outer space. Uh, <laughs> Leonard like Part space. 6. <laughs> yeah, we went to space. Uh, I watched Leonard Part 6. Now, this is one I've actually known about for more than a decade now. If you go to the Wikipedia list for the worst movies ever made, there are some repeat offenders on there. One of the ones is, in fact, Leonard Part 6. And I've had some morbid curiosity about, you know, worst movies ever made, which, come on, how bad could some of these be? Some of them are really, really bad, but some of them are ballistic, X versus Sever, which I watch, and it's just bland. It's, it's not even really that bad. It's not good. 
by any stretch of imagination, it's not good, but it's just bland. It's like every action movie ever made. There's nothing original or unique about it. I don't really know why people pick on that movie. That's sort of analogous to the discussion about Leonard Part 6. It's a comedy that's just not funny. Like, there was maybe one part that I laughed at, which I'll, I don't even know if I'll get to it because I don't think I can explain it, but it's a comedy that isn't funny, and as we've said before in this podcast, there are only so many ways that you can say, that's not funny. Uh, how, uh, Leonard Part 6. It's starring Bill Cosby. <laughs> uh, now, th- this movie came out in 1987. Uh, the Cosby Show was the number one TV show in America. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, so when all the press was coming around for this movie and Bill Cosby did all his interviews, the only thing he said to the press was, please do not watch this movie. Uh, I can see why he said that, because if people watch this, they probably would want to turn off uh, the Cosby show. Now, Bill Cosby, we should probably talk about him. So uh, Bill Cosby originally made his mark as something of a clean comedian, because you can get wider appeal that way, at least throughout America. And uh, in that way, he was uh, originally like America's first Dan Ninen, right? And when he made this movie, it was PG-13. It might as well have been PG. Uh, none of the jokes are really that extreme. But whether he's the, the problem with the movie, I don't know, maybe. Grease Zabriskie is in it from Drop Zone. Thanks a lot for bringing her back. And our good friend, Joe Don Baker, fresh off the set of Congo, makes a visit to this movie. Oh, my God. He is only in good movies. I said, I said that like Bill Burr watching uh, Dexter. <laughs> He's only in good movies, Parker. Look, he has a substantial role in Cape Fear, which I also had assumed he saw last week. And man, no, so. He is really Joe Don Bakering it up. It's real good. Yeah, it's great when he's in stuff. So apparently the way that the movie was made is it's based on a story by Bill Cosby. It's like a spy parody satire. Ooh, you like those. Yeah, those are funny. And uh, it's like they call it Leonard Part 6 because there have been a whole bunch of uh, James Bond movies. Oh, instead of riding an Aston Martin, he's riding an ostrich. That's pretty wacky. That's fun. Yeah, that's, that's fun. And... Uh, He's retired from the spy service, and he's working in the, a restaurant or something. See, here's the thing. There are setups to jokes where, in your head, think about you're at the writer's table, you're like, okay, he does all this, this, and this, and in your head, and on paper, that, that's room for jokes. You can make a joke about that. And Bill Cosby, when the movie was being made, he was also one of the producers, he, he said to the director, leave the comedy to me. You just focus on lighting and shooting and editing. I'll do the comedy big mistake the movie's not funny the director knew it while it was going on and he can't just say to bill cosby hey dude that's that's not funny because he i mean he's bill cosby at this point not bill cosby as he would become later on so it really just doesn't work is this the worst movie he's ever been in that, that's a thinker uh because i know he was in jack with robin williams uh, Don't Parker, you dare s- ever assign me that. <laughs> I'm just like I will find Dragon Balls under my couch. Like just <laughs> you will find them. Not wow, I found 14. Crazy. Here's my wish, motherfucker. <laughs> Parker, have you seen Jack? Did I sign you, Jack? I think I might have. You signed me Ghost Dad. I don't want to fucking talk about it. <laughs> People don't forget. Uh, well, okay, I guess we can all agree that Ghost Dad is the second worst thing that Bill Cosby ever did. I guess the one joke that I laughed at, and I might cut this because it's kind of a long road for a short joke, 
he has a daughter and she wants to be an actress and she's on a a play or something where uh, Bill Cosby goes to is like, okay, I'll watch. I'm not going to do a Bill Cosby voice. Okay, I'll go watch you perform in your play. And <laughs> she... <laughs> Parker, if you want to do a Bam Margera voice. It'd be <laughs> <laughs> no. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> okay, so... Oh. Cut that too. Anyway, Bill Cosby <laughs> is... <laughs> So Bill Gosby goes to her play, right? And she's performing it, and it seems like just a normal role, and she just starts disrobing during the play. It's like one of those, oh, one of our artistic plays. You know how, like, Daniel Radcliffe was in that unicorn movie where he took his pants off after Harry Potter? We all remember that. So, uh Especially yeah, Joel. Bill- yeah, so Bill Cosby's uh, daughter is doing this, and everyone is is clapping and going nuts at the end of the movie. The guy next to Bill Cosby is like... He leads over to him and mouths the words, I guess, like, I love that, or something, and Cosby says to him, that's my daughter, to, to which the guy, uh, I, I, I can't really describe the face, it's kind of like an excited Pogger's face nodding up and down, <laughs> which I which I thought was very The punchline was something that was purely visual. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which, again, I don't even know if that translates in a, a vocal medium, but uh, yeah, it's working for part me, six. let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty stuck on the new addended lore that Joel flew all the way to Europe to watch the play where he pulled his hog out on stage <laughs> instead of Cursed Child. You know, it's many audience vision. goers thought I had a regular sized hog, but after the the feedback and the reviews on these playbills. Alright, Alex, what did you watch? Alright, got a couple things here. Um, first and foremost, I know literally nobody that's listening takes my reality TV recommendations, which is fine. It's fair. I get it. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Keeping that. As you should. <laughs> so, I'm just going to ask you after every sentence, like, is that standing? <laughs> <laughs> so, my favorite reality show, The Challenge, is back. The season is three episodes in. And it's completely, like, 80s spy themed with, like, this shitty 80s soundtrack that MTV somehow paid, like, a gazillion dollars for. The, the premise is double agents, where, like, everyone's just, like, switching teams and, like, backstabbing each other randomly, which is great enough as it is. That's not why I bring it up. I bring it up to tell you that there was a borderline fistfight over somebody making an omelet at 3 a.m. in the third episode, which ended with a completely different guy who wasn't in the fight yelling at one of the guys in the fight, just a bunch of math problems. And it, <laughs> I just wanted you guys to know that that's out there. Like, if you don't want to watch this, like borderline sport like reality show at this point because everybody's just like a fucking hulked out like huge dude at this point I understand that but also (laughs) just hearing a dude repeatedly shout hey Josh what's nine times eight what's nine times eight Josh what's nine times eight it did a lot for me and in the heat of the moment, I would absolutely just start stuttering. <laughs> he was literally, uh, like, he was doing the thing where he was, like, shaking and blubbering. He was so mad. <laughs> he just could not respond to this dude yelling math problems at him. It's real good. That's a, that's a real sick tech, actually. <laughs> oh, man. If I could take that back to, like, 2013. Yeah, right. Harness that yeah. energy at someone. <laughs> Why you need that sniper? Hey, dickhead, what's nine times seven? What? <laughs> Headshot, walk away. Man. If I had a magic rock, you guys. Hey, sauce with six times five. Dumbass. Uh, <laughs> same, but also today. 
Damn, really explains how you fucked up that forklift, man. <laughs> People don't forget. Anyway, um, that's for no one but us. I know. <laughs> Leave that. He was he was very excited to hear about Wonder Woman, so I'm gonna give it to him. You can give the people what they want. All four of them. Absolutely. <laughs> we treat each of our fan very respectfully. So here's the thing about cartoons. You guys think they're for kids, but sometimes oh, shit. they're for adults. Dude, you watch Sausage Party. I watched the new Pixar movie. Because apparently oh. they just don't care that kids like cartoons at this point. Yeah, that was uh, my main takeaway. Is like I haven't seen it yet. So. Is any of this for kids at all? Literally none of it. And this is like four <laughs> movies in a row. Remember, like when Inside Out came out, it was like, "Wow, Pixar's going in a different direction." And then you watch like three more versions of Inside Out. It's like, oh, maybe they've been doing the exact same movie the whole time. Just the joy is slowly getting squeezed out of them, so there's just nothing left for the children. Yeah, because that's where we're it's, at. <laughs> it's not surprising that it's the same director as Inside Out. Makes a whole lot of sense. Because I definitely looked it up. I was like, oh, it makes sense. Just, yeah, I had this constant lingering thought the whole movie of like, do kids give a shit about jazz music or any of this finding a purpose <laughs> in life? They're seven. They don't need a purpose. Do you ever get the sense that maybe the movie's trying too hard? Just a bit. Just a tiny bit. I mean... I still enjoyed it, but also like... Yeah, it was... Uh, it was I, don't, I don't give a shit if kids like it or not. It ain't my problem. Yeah, it was pretty good, but also like... Really weird choice to, uh, you know, we've got fucking Godzilla and Top Gun 2 and all these blockbuster movies sitting on a shelf, and somebody at a studio went, let's release the one where the message is go out and give your life. Like, just go out and live and experience things, and that's the secret to being alive. Like, thanks, guys. Really appreciate that one. Uh, right now. Don't listen to your libcuck mayor. Get out there and live your life. Thanks. Like it's fine. How fine. does this not a June twenty twenty one release? I don't understand. It's a very good question. It, I, like, what am I supposed to take away from this? Genuinely, I don't fucking get why you put this movie out right now. It's like insulting. I'm sure there's some reason that we'll never know, but I don't know why. Was it supposed to be Wonder Woman counter programming, but on streaming? I don't. I don't understand. Because didn't it drop on Christmas Day? It did. Yeah, same day as uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I knew literally nothing about it. Yeah, same. Trailers don't exist anymore. I was like, oh, I'll pop this on. Sure, it's new. I had heard about it last year. Like, Pixar's not what Pixar used to be, but free Pixar's free Pixar. I'll take it. It's better than all the other animation studios, so. Well, that's also pretty low bar to clear. Correct. But yeah, like, (laughs) it's fine. I'll take it. You'll watch it. You'll probably enjoy it. You'll laugh at the cute little souls bouncing around. And then the movie will end, and it's like, man, I really wish I could, like, take a walk talk to a person right now thanks oh well it's just asked me a lot of like deep questions about like finding fulfillment in my own life and enjoying things all right back to these same four walls again <laughs> doing great <laughs> yeah so anyway um we've had many a discussion on this podcast about who the uh the worst director working right now is a lot of uh Ooh. A lot of M. Night conversations, a lot of Zack Snyder conversations. There's somebody that doesn't often come up that I feel their name deserves to be mentioned in this conversation. And that's George Clooney. George Clooney, <laughs> oh, please stop directing movies. I did not watch that because he has not directed a good movie. Uh, so, Good Night and Good Luck was really good. It was also 15 oh, nice. years ago. Right. Um, that was him. Yeah. All right, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, it's been a rough road. That seems like five lifetimes ago at this point. You guys like... uh cliches in space movies 
Yeah. Oh, no. Literally, like, just rattle one off of me. It's probably in there. Like, it, we, you get everything. You get the spacewalk gone wrong. You get the captain sacrificing himself to save the ship. You get literally all of them. And also, there's a subplot where George Clooney is the last man left on Earth and has to, you know, tell these space people not to come back. Oh, but what do you know? This child that is mute stuck around too so he has to just talk at a child that doesn't talk and also he's dying and also you know he's got to go on this journey to this other place and also surprise he's the astronaut in the movie's father and nobody knows about it till the two hour bark despite the fact that you figure it out eight minutes in because you've seen a movie wait 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 george clooney's the lead actor in this Uh, yes oh my god if if he's the one who's talking to a mute child can you imagine if he's doing that condescending voice that he always does just talking to this child and can't tell him to shut up it's it's okay they they alleviate that by making him dying so he's just like the whole time because oh good yeah that's what people want to see in movies this movie is it's legit it's two hours long and there's about 15 scenes where it's just like this saccharine dramatic horrible thing happening to this character you don't give a shit about like over and over and over like what a waste of fucking time. I'm, I'm like, mad I watched this, genuinely. I wasn't expecting as soon as I good saw, from Netflix. It was getting dumped on Netflix. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, but you know, some days it's like, I had a gummy a couple hours ago, and there's a space movie that just came out that I know nothing about. I'm just gonna hit play. And, boy, I wish I didn't. I feel it. That's the right call every time. Speaking of space, we went to space last week. <laughs> we sure did. And my self-punishment for launching myself into space was having to rewatch a movie that I hate called Sunshine. It's been about 10 years since I've seen Sunshine. The first 80 minutes of Sunshine are literally the best space movie I've ever seen. It is not close. It is gorgeous. It has all the plot points that I want. You get this weird 2007 thing where Killian Murphy gets lead billing over Chris Evans, which is really funny in retrospect. Um, god damn, the end of that movie fucking sucks. It kills the whole thing. It, I knew it was coming, and it hurt me just as bad as it hurt me ten years ago. Like, I really went into this movie thinking, you know, I probably just didn't get it then. I'm probably gonna like it this time. Literally everything on paper about this movie is something I should like. And then it's like 80 minutes of a movie that would be one of my ten favorite movies ever. And then a shitty space slasher for 30 minutes. It's, it, it hurts. It genuinely hurts. I think this is how Star Wars fans have felt like eight times in their life. That's being generous. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen Never. Sunshine and you don't make me want to watch it. You know how I feel about bad endings. I, I, the only time I watched it, we had it on at a friend's house and, uh, Turns out the first 80 minutes is not a, hey, let's just hang out and talk during this movie that's... Because I knew the twist. I was like, oh, it's like a space horror movie. And it's very much not, which is your problem with it. Yeah. But also, we were talking over the entire movie, so I don't really count that. So I need to give it an actual watch like you did. Yeah, I, and it was funny because, you know, I could see... I could look over and she wasn't on her phone the whole time. So I'm like, oh, this is going over well. And then she just started asking me questions about how the guy lived in space for seven years. And I went, well, now you see why I don't like this. Survive on that spaceship. Oh, man. 
All right, Parker, you can go now. I've had enough of talking about sunshine. I'm going to start yelling and throwing things, and I don't want that. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, I will be very brief, because I really want to talk about Wonder Woman. Um, So, I watched a lot of stuff on Christmas, and all I will say is that Michael Caine should have gotten an Oscar from Muppet Christmas Carol. Will not answer any questions further. That movie is the best. I cannot believe I didn't watch it as a child. I would have seen it a thousand times by now. I am shocked you didn't see this growing up. I think, like, the only Muppets I remember is seeing that Muppets in Space movie in theaters with my family, and I don't remember a single thing about that. I'm trying not to exclaim, you never saw Muppet Treasure Island? I... I feel like I, it's... Because that's early, early 90s, right? I think so, yeah. It's like 93. I feel like I could place myself in the theater, but I cannot tell you. Uh, I know Tim Curry's in it, but that's... I feel like if I text my mom, she'd be like, yeah, y'all saw it, of course he is, the Muppets, but I have no memory Apparently whatsoever. Apparently that's Tim Curry's favorite role, is his role in Muppet Treasure Island, which... Boy, I might actually assign that to you. I don't know if it holds up very well, but that was a classic in our house. But Muppet Christmas Carol was... I mean, we had that on all the time. Now, here's the question, Parker. Which version of it did you watch? Did you watch... Whichever uh, one was on Disney+. Plus. Okay, so I think the one would... I don't I don't know. Uh, apparently, there is a version of Muppet Christmas Carol out there where they just cut out an entire song. They sure do. Oh, boy. Don't worry, though. They found the footage again, my friend. It's coming back. Which is good, because, like, maybe this is me, and it's kind of like a Mandela effect, but, like, we grew up with it on VHS, right? We used to watch it all the time. We loved it. It's funny. It's cute. Muppets, Michael Caine. It's great. Uh, Then we, we, we saw that they were rebroadcasting on TV. Oh, hey, let's all sit down and watch it. And that entire song is gone. I don't even like that song. It's like Sally's song in Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm going upstairs. I'm going to get an apple. Maybe two. And, like, because it goes on for a while. I'm like, oh, but if it's not there, it makes me feel crazy. So, and also, uh, the end of the movie is a reprise of a song that got cut out. Exactly. <laughs> that was just weird to me. Uh, well, I <laughs> absolutely loved it. It's so fucking cute. I think one of the best, uh, it has one of the best credits in movie history. <laughs> Rizzo the Rat as himself. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> you see that in the first, like, 30 seconds. It's real good. He's, like, one of the top build people. <laughs> also, billing the Muppets as if they were people is very good to me, actually. <laughs> it's real fucking good. Yeah. Michael Caine is so fucking good that for a second, you almost feel bad for this absolute shit heel goblin of a rich old man. Just a look of horror and sadness on his face as they're all like, oh, thank God he fucking dropped dead. You're like, hang on, man, it's okay. Like, you don't have to be so mean to the guy. I, I think it was really cool how uh, they added a brother to the ghost of Jacob Marley called Robert Marley. <laughs> Just so they could have the two old guys. I love it. Also, it might have been because I was watching it at like 5 in the morning. But when they do that slow panning shot of little tiny Tim's one crutch just leaning on that stool I was like guys what the, you can't do this to me right now. little bitty fucking baby frog just dying get out of my face but uh, yeah turns out really good movie there's a reason everyone else watches it every year oh yeah the other thing I will talk about is that I also went to space Chris to the movie you assigned me. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that I know the answer to. Okay. Did you assign me Star Chaser The Legend of Orin because you watched a Nostalgia Critic video? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Eat shit, loser. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, 
all of the backgrounds look super cool because it's 85. So every single environment is just, hey, Blade Runner is pretty cool. We can just draw that. And then all of the characters look like heavy metal. They look like absolute dog shit. Every single person that moves or speaks looks like that Dragon's Lair video game. And everything else looks cool. So, And also, there's swears because it's not just for babies. Well, Parker, you like Star Wars, right? So did they, apparently. <laughs> the whole goddamn movie. But what if Star Wars had a really sexed up robot? I don't oh, so feel comfortable like Solo. about that robot. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that robot was one sassy gal, but don't worry. He tore her apart, changed her insides around, and then put her in check. He reached inside cool. her butt. <laughs> oh, that movie, you get like an hour in, like, oh, don't worry, the magic sword is inside you all along. I'm like, that's fucking great. Are we done yet? <laughs> it is. Like, it's not good, but also, if I grew up in the 80s and watched this on VHS as a kid... I would definitely have a soft spot for it. Oh yeah, that's the thing like, that I when I looked at it, I was Star like Star Wars, like Yeah, I was like, hey, the animation's really not that bad. I've seen worse things. But uh also everything's really ugly. So Oh, it's hideous. <laughs> we spent like twenty minutes in some underground mine. Oh and then he gets out. That was pretty cool just because you spent all this time in this dingy ass fucking mine and then you break out and see the actual world, you're like Oh, that's cool. Like you couldn't do that convincingly in the eighties without real money behind it. That looks cool. And then it's just Star Wars. See, one of the things that I remembered about the review is that there's this little kid who has the worst voice that I could remember. There sure is. <laughs> Everyone. His fucking voice is so weird. The hallmarks of a cheap 80s animation is like, should we hire like real voice actors? What? No. <laughs> they get scale for the day. Fuck them. <laughs> Oh my god! That's every character. I want to fucking die. Oh god. It's uh, pretty bad. lips on them. Why do their lips look like that? Man. Why does anything look the way it does in that movie? Yeah. Well. Why are all of the women either dead or secretary droids? (laughs) It's not a good look. They couldn't even get the air conditioner unit from Solo? (laughs) The one good part of that movie. It's rough stuff. Okay. Well, that's really... Because I watched a bunch of Christmas stuff. I watched that. And then I watched Split and Glass. And then Soul, which we already talked about. So, uh... Oh, I just... We're just gonna... I'm sorry. I forgot one more that I watched. I should I should mention this. I, I rewatched Corpse Bride. Because uh, I have the Blu-ray. I fucking love it. It's Humble still brag. good. And, uh... You know what? I've complained in the past about the ending because I, I wanted it to be different. And most people who watch it will be like... We know exactly what you mean. Try not to spoil it. Uh, here's the thing. the Now that I've watched it again, I'm a little bit more in favor of the direction that they took because they gave Victoria more personality than I remember. I think the first time I saw it, I was just like, well, she's just kind of bland. She has nothing to her. But the more you watch, especially in high definition, there's, there's a little personality that you can see with her eyes. And I think that that's one of the best parts about it. You know, we usually give a lot... When I say we, I mean the, hum, the human race. We usually give a lot of um, rather well-deserved criticism to Tim Burton for always casting Johnny Depp, for always casting Helena Bonham Carter. But for this movie, you have to have them in it. Johnny Depp is doing a great voice for the main character, and Helena Bonham Carter is killing it. You can't have this character without her specific voice. In fact, I, I watched the behind-the-scenes stuff for how they made this movie. Uh, which I'll get to in a little bit. 
they originally had this uh, concept of the corpse ride, and they were afraid that it was going to be a little too scary. But then Helena Bonham Carter gave a completely different tone to it, and it really makes the movie work. Now, the thing about uh, whether this is a Tim Burton movie is something that you can debate when you watch the behind the scenes. Here's something I did not know about this movie. This was an early effort from Leica Studios. Leica Studios, for those who don't know, made... Um, uh, what was it? The Box Trolls and uh, that Squatch movie. And also Coraline, which is, you know, fairly well known. And uh, Paranorman, which is definitely my favorite from them. And Kubo and the Two Strings. I sobbed in a theater when I saw that. Leica Studios was really, really talented. They were on top of the world when it came to this sort of claymation stuff. Anyway, they were the ones who were responsible for the technical aspects and many other aspects of Corpse Bride. So everyone seems to think that this was a Tim Burton movie. In fact, for a long time, I thought that Corpse Bride 2005 was really the last great Tim Burton movie. The more I watch it, I have to kind of wonder exactly how much influence he had over it. Because he admitted, yeah, this is based on one of my short stories. It was like two or three paragraphs. And I just turned it into them and they're just like, yeah, we can work with this. And he came by the studio every once in a while and be like, yeah, yeah, do like that. You know, make it look like my drawing. And then he would go away and they were just doing most of the work on there. I'm like, is that really him as a director? What's he doing? Uh, I thought more credit should go to the other director on the movie whose name escapes me, but he was the head of Leica Studios. Anyway, the more I watch it, the more I come back around because he was in the uh, voice recording sessions and he was telling the, the actors how they should deliver their lines. I'm like, well, that's stuff that a director would do. So I will give him at least partial credit for The Corpse Bride. Uh, Alex, have you got around to this yet? I don't remember. Soon. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah probably next week, honestly. Yeah. Well, I, I, I know you got stuff. <laughs> It's the CIA. <laughs> of course. I mean, uh, yeah. You know. Okay, anyway, sorry about that. Brief, John. Uh, let's talk about Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> so, the movie begins... What does, does she say anything? Does she say something dumb? Like, I, I always remembered when I was a young girl that I would have to save people's lives or some stupid shit. Uh... So, I guess it starts out on, where, where's her home planet, Thamasira or something? Thamasira. Yes, yeah, that. <laughs> she, lives th <laughs> she lives there, and uh, we see their big stadium, and uh, it's basically like the AGDQ of Amazon Whip Tricks. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Keep going. I'm yeah, sure you got so, more of these written down. <laughs> no, that was the only speedrunning joke. I'm, uh, I, I think more will just come through. <laughs> so you have all these Amazon warriors. First of all, you can see the crowd. It's all women in there. I, I'm sure we're all soy-facing looking at it. Yeah, um, I, I, I legitimately <laughs> wrote down in my notes during this scene, do you think Wonder Woman's like island has like female incels? <laughs> it was a pervasive thought throughout this movie. <laughs> And Don't I, worry, she finds one later on. <laughs> Don't fucking worry about it. Not a single switch to be found. So uh, you have all these Amazon warriors, and they're on their horses and stuff, and they have an obstacle course in front of them. And there's little, how old is she? Like six, six-year-old girl. Little six-year-old Diana, and she wants to ride her horse and win. This little girl speaks better English than Gal Gadot. This is not open to discussion. It'd be, it'd be hard not to. It's <laughs> wild that this female empowerment movie opens with all, like the greatest female warriors of all time getting clowned on by a child yeah that's yeah well maybe she was just extra special she had the nary a word about the fundamentals in their javelin throws 
Right. So here's the thing. So the obstacle course comes up uh, above them. They have to run and jump and climb and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there watching like, okay, okay, let's see. Why did Parker tell me to watch this? And little Diana jumps into the air to go to the next like obstacle. And uh, my first thought immediately is, oh, no. Because Correct. the CG looks like fucking Catwoman. This movie is horrendously ugly. Surely this movie, executive produced by Zack Snyder, is going to have people flipping in real time. Right, Surely. yeah. Sure. Like, a thing of context that might be lost for in the future is, like, obviously this premiered on HBO Max, but, like, this was supposed to come out, like, eight months ago. This thing's been done. Yeah. And it looks like dog shit. There's no excuse for it to look like this. Hold on, I can explain really thought... it. I can explain it for sure. They had an extra forty million set aside to fix the CG in this movie, and then Zack Snyder just demanded it. <laughs> For the Justice I need it to finish my movie that's already done. Yeah. Damn, all right, Zack. Well, now we have, we have two to... completely done movies and don't spend any money. Thanks, Zack. We have to use the forty million dollars to buy back Jared Leto from his cult. <laughs> Get him for fucking Justice We need League. the Joker to steal a mother we, we that, need, that doesn't we make need sense. We need to buy how many copies of the most recent 30 Second to Mars album? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, they're running and they're jumping, and at one point she gets on a horse, right? And uh, she has to shoot an arrow perfectly. That, have you ever tried to shoot a fucking bow and arrow? You gotta be, like, super strong. Buddy. A little girl can do it, and she does it better than ever. Yeah, sure, whatever. Buddy, I anyway. am the uncoordinated black sheep of the bow hunting family. Don't worry about it. Boy, that's a line I can take out of context. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I've ever said in my life, there is no way I'm going to put that as the cold open as the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <A> weird thing. <laughs> Pardon well, us for that strange brand, interlude. <laughs> Sorry, it's weird. You did so good me. on the test. Why can't you hit anything? Yeah, well, I don't know. I really do any reasons. I'm trying here. So uh, yeah, they're 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 riding their horses. All because of my stutter. They're riding their horses on the dunes, right? And at one point, her horse uh, bucks her off, and she falls down, and the horse runs away, and she can't get to the next part. And she's thinking, okay, what do I do? Problem solving mode. Oh, there, there's an easier path. I'll just like slide down on. What does she have a shield or just her butt? She slides down and she gets through and she runs and she runs and she runs. She works really hard and she beats all the other grown up Amazons. And Robin Wright stops her and says, No. Uh, so apparently the reason here is uh, it's cheating. If you break the rules, I will report you. But my perspective here is you have a physical limitation. Not because you're a woman, but because you're smaller than everyone else. Your legs are shorter, and you're not as strong as everyone. So you find an alternative way to solve a problem. That's a great message for everyone, especially like kids who will probably be watching this. Instead, they're just like, no. Uh, here's my issue with this scene. So I actually forgot she was in Batman v Superman. So this is <laughs> the fourth time we've seen Wonder Woman. I don't need to establish, hey, Wonder Woman, you can't take shortcuts. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> She's been a hero for like 85 years now. I understand. Also, big shout out to Robin Wright showing up to fulfill what I'm assuming was a three-movie contractual obligation. Like, it just nailed this scene. Uh, she she made this it. movie to pay off a parking ticket. We can already yeah, absolutely. tell. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not over three movies. Yeah, don't worry. We'll just get you right out My of there. Big, uh, one scene, grab the girl and go, hey, don't do that. And then you're, you're good. My big issue with the scene was that Gal Gadot walking around on her knees was not nearly as good of an actor as Gary Oldman. <laughs> 
I'll keep that. So one of the things that I noticed is that there's a whole lot of Rob, <laughs> there's a whole lot of Robin Wright reaction shots here, where she's just looking at things, and I have a feeling that they used a lot of these and just reversed the angle that they were looking at Robin Wright just looking at things, and I think they also had, I, at some point they say this ancient Amazon warrior or something was that just linda carter throughout the entire movie like we'll get to her later on Probably. but i'm pretty sure that was just linda carter just like looking at things i totally forgot about that we'll, we'll get to it i suppose uh i guess uh when you don't want to call in robin Wright, it helps when you film justice league twice you just have a lot of footage you can use her looking pensive <laughs> well i have to admit I, I am glad that she's just robin right now instead of robin Wright pen which is the most uh disappointing credit i saw i mean every time you hear that you're like man that's a bad break. yeah that sucks <laughs> every time she's credited as that in a movie you're like oh ooh, i'm ooh, so boy. sorry <laughs> so two more things about uh the um island of finger so uh <laughs> apparently you. the studio asked uh patty jenkins to cut this and she said no and the more I watch the movie, the more I realize, boy, we really didn't need this scene at all. We really should have cut this. And people like Blob Chipman really thought that this was the best scene in the movie. Can I ask you guys, serious question, do you think that this is the best scene in the movie? It's in the conversation, because there are not a lot of good scenes in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this movie's two and a half hours. There's literally nothing else I would cut first besides this scene. Like, genuinely? Like, it's, it goes on for, like, 15 minutes to establish hey kid you can't take shortcuts in life okay like i don't know Thanks. what this scene is here for but i don't know what most of the scenes in this movie are here for so that's not really saying much genuinely this, this is, is like one. seven different movies at least just like stitched together if yeah, this were like absolutely. a tv show like if if this were the mandalorian which has you know eight episodes in eight different directors and you just mash the episodes together, you could convince me that it makes sense that this exists. This is one person. This is one person's vision. It is insane. See, I disagree. I think this is at least two people. At some point when watching the movie, I thought Patty Jenkins lost control of the script to Gal Gadot. She may not be able to speak English, but she had someone who was interpreting whatever she was trying to say into words in the script because there are certain things that pop up. I'm not saying Gal Gadot, like, mandated the inclusion of this scene, but this may have been a very different movie, but for Gal Gadot's participation, which, which I guess we'll get to. So, uh, we cut to, I was gonna say modern day, but this movie takes place in 1984, huh? Hey, guys, you remember the 80s. We weren't alive for it, but, uh... You can tell it's the 80s, because they dress kind of silly. That's about it. Uh, Isn't no, that no, there's another big fashion? reason you can tell it's the 80s. Because people are just shittier to women walking down the street. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, Good thing that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great thing that nobody goes, oh, ooh, yeah, hubba, 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 <laughs> like they do in this movie, but... Hey, you know, oh, yeah. sometimes you gotta get those scenes to be as deliberate as possible, so why not yeah, make it appear? Sometimes you're... So one Sometimes of the... you're just trying to work, and the giant wolf in a suit starts banging on the table. And you're like, one day I'm going to get a rock, and I'm going to teach him a lesson. <laughs> that's, that's one of these things in this female empowerment movie. Is you have a guy watching women doing uh, athletic stretches and yoga in their leotards and everything. We respect you. Remember the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. Hey, all you girls watching this. This movie's for children. You remember this decade you weren't alive for? It was crazy. Well, People dressed like that? What? So anyways, here's an archaeologist or something. All you little elementary school girls watching this. Yeah, all the guys with the mustaches are looking at your butts. 
So I uh, hope you like the movie. Make Don't worry, of- gang. It never gets better. Speaking of stuff that doesn't get better. So there's a, a bride and groom. They're taking a picture of themselves on a bridge. And the bride falls off the edge. I guess she backs up too far. And she falls off the bridge. And she's saved by Wonder Woman. In between these two sentences. There is the shittiest green screen that I have seen since Drop Zone. It's insane. It's it is really it's bad. on screen for like a split second. It is shorter than Brad Pitt's cameo in Deadpool 2, and it was still so egregious that I had to write it down. I love that this movie is still trying to course correct from the Zack Snyder stuff like, no, just keep showing her saving people. Like, man, I, I got it. See, that's the thing. <laughs> I understand that she's saving innocent people. This looks like dog shit. I don't need any of this. So, here's the weird thing. This is actually maybe my favorite scene in the movie where she's just going around and saving people. Because when I think of a superhero, I think you have to save people. It seems like every single fucking superhero movie that I watch, the fate of the world is at stake. And I get it. It's a movie. You want to have broad appeal and you have to, you know, make the stakes bigger and bigger and bigger. But what if you just have to save one person's life? Or maybe like a town's life. That's why I like Spider-Man. The, the original 2002 yes. Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes, that it's is really the best thing about uh, Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Bad news about the rest of this movie, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so here's the problem with this scene. Like, we have this whole opening scene where she's going around saving people. She thwarts this robbery that I'm sure we're going to talk about. But Oh, yes. Like, at the end, you know, the, like, the news crew's covering it. It's like, yeah, it's really weird. Like, we don't know who did anything about this. It's like, we know, canonically, she's been around since the 1910s. And you're telling me nobody knows who the fuck Wonder Woman is still? It's been what... 70 years. Like, even if she's, like, hopping around the globe doing her thing, like, how do you fucking explain that? How is it just like, oh, yeah, it was weird. It was just some weird act of God. Can't believe the things the people in this place are saying. Like, no. No, what are you like? I saw a golden lasso. Yeah. I'm not stupid. Yeah. One of the things that kind of gets me about this is there are two things. One, uh, Alex, I will respond to this in a way that absolutely will not satisfy you or anyone who watches. But the first thing that I want to get to is she's in costume for all these saves. We see her skirt. We see, like, the, the crown and whatever that thing is. We see, like, all her, like, her clothes, her costume for Wonder Woman. We know that this is Wonder Woman. It seems the only people who don't know that Wonder Woman is saving their lives are the people of Earth. And Parker, this is where I'm trying to... uh, I think this is the explanation for why no one knows who's saving the world. Was this what was intimated in Batman v Superman? Where it's just like her secret identity that she's been surviving all these years and no one knows that Wonder Woman existed until... What was that... What was the bad guy's name in Batman v Superman? Megadeth or something? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, Crocus. Yeah, because in Batman v Superman, which I will not be rewatching, <laughs> she just kind of appears like, yeah, I've just kind of been chilling for a while. And then you find out the for a while is because her boyfriend died 85 years ago. She's like, well, I guess I'm done fighting crime. <laughs> so, so she's just been chilling for like almost 100 years, but also she wasn't? So this is a retcon. And, Fuck uh, you. And she... She was saving people. Turns out when you just let Zack Snyder shape your entire character, you got to do a lot of backtracking. At one point after the bank robbery, which we'll get to, uh, she saves that little black girl, right? Uh, And she, like, she, like, kicks the black girl into a big, soft teddy bear. And she winks at the girl, like, hey, this is our little secret. Don't tell anyone that Wonder Woman exists. So In the middle of a fucking mall food court. Well, you know how good, uh... I just saw you jump three levels and use your lasso as a whip. 
like and kick there a child. There are literally you... hundreds of spectators to this scene. Like, does she just have the Men in Black stick and we don't know about it? Or maybe she was using the invisibility trick on herself. Or you know how well kids keep secrets, though. There's no way that kid's gonna blab. Uh, she has a lot of secret keepers. They're called the IDF. Yeah, we'll get to them. Sure we'll get to that. I wish we didn't have to, but we will get to them. So uh, sure will. So uh, let's talk about this robbery at the uh, K Jewelers at the uh, King of Prussia Mall. <laughs> Man, like the fact that in like in time in the movie, this is just shown as like, ah, oh, wow, I'm stopping these random jewelry store robbers, and then it has later significance because. There's a smuggling ring being run out of the mall jewelry store, question mark? <laughs> yeah, you ever go to the mall and you see, like, one of those really schlocky, kind of embarrassing stuff where it's like, oh, antiques from the from the east. And it's got, like, you know, samurai scrolls and uh, ninja books and stuff like that. You're like, oh, that's just so embarrassing. I wish I had $400 for that sword. That You know, that sort of thing. That's the story where you set this. And they have, like, a little box where they're selling gremlins. And, like, a fortune cookie that would make you switch places with your mom. But, uh, no, they uh, have it in the back of K-Jewelers, and uh, there is an ancient rock. So can I say there's one good thing yeah. about the robbery scene? Let's hear it. Two guys doing the robbery and handing it off to two other guys that have to take the stuff out of the mall. Actual smart criminal behavior for once in one of these movies. Yeah, it was just like heat. So, anyway, uh, everyone in the scene is over... <laughs> it was nothing like heat. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry. That was the shittiest thing I've ever said. I would like the record to show that Chris made that comment and not me. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get punished for that. Anyway, uh, everyone, as soon as a robbery starts, when uh, they're, like, carrying the bags and stuff like that... And, Alex, you actually are right. That, is, like, that really is a smart move for the robbery. Uh... When they're carrying the bags, at one point the guy drops a gun, and a woman sees it, and everyone in the mall goes <laughs> Dude, ballistic. He drops this gun with the same energy as Danny DeVito dropping his monster condom at the fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me, ladies. I believe I have I dropped my loaded firearm I'm using in this armed robbery. It'd be a real shame if someone were to stand in my way and everyone in the in the mall goes absolutely ballistic. No pun intended. So uh, everyone's going nuts. And guy. one of the guys goes insane and grabs a child hostage. At this what point, the fuck this are you doing? Because it's literally just a handoff. It's like, all right, dude, you got the bag. Just be cool. And he cannot handle shit. Why does he even have a gun? <laughs> I don't know. Why is he fumbling around his waistband? Just walk outside with the bag. <laughs> he takes a child. You want to talk about, you know, things that are similar to heat. It's this dude going full Wayne Grow in the middle of this scene. <laughs> I had to get it on. <laughs> Oh, man, I like the scene later on when uh, Gal Gadot breaks into Danny Trejo's house and beats him <laughs> to death. Speaking of Gal Gadot beating people to death, she uh, beats up all the bad guys and throws them all out a window and they <laughs> land on a car. That was the first belly laugh of the movie because those dudes are fucking liquid now. What are we exactly. talking about? Like the, the most, yeah, but the superhero throws them out the window onto a car. Yeah, she destroyed a cop car, so she's woke now. Oh. Do you guys know that I don't like the, the police? Okay. Follow me so, on Twitter. Uh, Same. Okay. So, bone facts. 
So, <laughs> so the uh, that account's going to end up with Amazon more with more followers than me and Parker combined. So uh, yeah, so she saved the day. It's honestly it's worth it. We couldn't handle the pressure. Uh, so yeah, like you said, the local news. This mystery person, uh, this woman of wonder, who saved the day. Uh, meanwhile, she's at her penthouse apartment in Washington, D.C. in 1984, and we see a whole bunch of pictures on like her uh, bookcase. And Alex, you're right, we got to talk about this. At one point, there's a picture of her leading Jewish survivors out of Treblinka. What the fuck? Dude, I... Like, I literally rewound the movie twice to make sure that I saw this correctly. It's one of those things that, like, this is the one spot where I was glad I didn't watch this in a theater. Because I was like, hold on, hold on. I gotta, I gotta make sure that I actually just happened in this movie. Like, between that and the picture of her later at Ram Ranch, like, I, <laughs> 20 damn Amazonians at the Ram Ranch. Yo, Bam Margera was there too? Okay, so anyway. Always. Uh, that's one of the things that you bring up a good point. So... Wonder Woman let the Holocaust happen? Because I, I think she could have stopped uh, the, the Nazis. That would have been the first... If I were Wonder Woman, that's the first thing I would have done. I mean, we saw Captain America out there. <laughs> we saw... We, just, apparently the Transformers like the first movie ends with her too. killing the literal God of War. It's like, yeah, but so the Holocaust just had to happen. <laughs> War or not, we gotta do it. Sorry. Well, apparently she was sad because her boyfriend... Wait, was the movie Im- intimating that Gal Gadot was in one of the concentration camps? See, that's what I thought at first. But, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, she's a literal yeah, superhero. Yeah. Yeah, she could just the walk Holocaust away. literally happened because she was too sad. She couldn't get piped down from her boyfriend from thirty years ago. Parker, is that better or worse than what Grindelwald did? You would know, Parker. <laughs> dude. His crimes are many <laughs> and vast, and Chris is going to find out about him one day. Well, we cut oh, before I find out about that. We cut to the museum where uh, uh, Gal Gadot, wor- where Wonder Woman works. Apparently, if you work at a museum, you can afford a penthouse apartment in Washington D.C. I, she I made uh, she made eighteen million dollars on the shoulders of Ram Ranch. So <laughs> okay, it's a Ram Ranch. Well, she is curating and then just selling all that shit on the black market. It's going to be our new theme fuck. song, the Ram Ranch. Okay, so ancient tribe of who cares? Sell it. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. So uh, that's what I would do if I lived for eternally. I would just work at a museum. Um, you know who else works there? Our good friend Kristen Wiig. Now, Kristen Wiig is doing the exact same nerdy stereotype thing from every comic book movie. She's doing Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns. She's doing Jamie Foxx from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, uh, that was my go-to, which is not a good exactly. sign. <laughs> like, man, remember that time Spider-Man forgot his birthday or whatever the fuck? <laughs> that stupid shit. Holy... That should not be what I'm thinking yeah. of 25 She's minutes. She's got, like, the big movie. glasses, the frizzy hair. Oops, I'm awkward in heel. And, you know, I'm just going to do it. Uh, I usually don't do impressions of women because I kind of have a deep voice. But let me do my Kristen Wiig impression Hello. in every single movie she's ever done. Oh, uh, hey, I'm Kristen Wiig. You know, I was in Bridesmaids and Big Head. Wow. Oh, movies, Hollywood. And uh, then I was in, uh, you know, uh, Ghostbusters. Ooh, scary. And they're like, hey, you, you want to be in Wonder Woman? I'm like, hey, yeah, sure. I'll be like her neighbor. I'll say hi. I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to be cheated. I'm like, ah, you know, cats. Uh, Kristen Wiig. That's her in every single movie. That's like her shtick. And I think she's a brilliant performer, but like, change it up at some point. Come on. Do something else. Change your voice. Chrissy, here's the thing. You know, girls, you don't have to be pigeonholed into just comedy roles. You can do anything you want. 
anything you want. You can be the villain in this Wonder Woman movie and suck at it, but you can do it. <laughs> well, what kind of villain? All this time asking if they could. Never asked if they should. He hates see <laughs> So, I'm watching this movie, right? I'm watching it. I got a baked pretzel. I got a Philly cheesesteak. I have no beer. What the? I got to go back. And they find this this like crystallized quartz or something like that and it's got dirt on it and stuff like that i'm like oh that's just quartz because my dad's a geologist i could just you know look at it, it's quartz and uh kristen wig is like yeah it was apparently used uh, in ancient times for god knows what and some fat guy comes by he's like i wish i had a cup of coffee five seconds later some guy's like hey you want a cup of coffee and my and he's like cool and i would have been like oh well that's kind of a weird scene to include what are they going to do with this surely this movie is not just about wishes <laughs> no as it turns out this is a magical wishing rock and when you wish upon a rock uh dreams will come come to you no matter how chris hold on for one second magical wishing rock oh, no. Oh, no. one Man, I wish seven or twenty Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, it turns out on the game of games, you actually got to work for your wishes. You have to get seven Dragon Balls. And yeah, we use real rocks. creativity here. God damn it. Exactly. Yeah. Here, they just touch the, Look, the rock and they just imagine their wish. They don't even have to say the wish out loud. They can imagine just imagine all the wishes. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm very aware that I spent the last 10 years of my life watching 20 Marvel movies also about magic rocks. But yeah, <laughs> this shit sucks ass. <laughs> now, <laughs> also, I was so mad they didn't have to verbalize their wish and say "I wish" in front of it. Yeah, so well, they did. Like, hey, don't you want me to have this? They didn't. Yeah, that'd be cool. And the wish comes through. It's like, no, you should have to trick them into saying, oh, "I wish I had a million dollars." Yeah, we could, it, it really should have been like Wishmaster, which we'll get to that in a little bit. But like, the thing that really gets me is that uh, Kristen Wiig says, "Wow, this must have been used as an ancient wishing rock back in." ye oldie times uh, I can only imagine what you could do with it and Gal Gadot says I know exactly what I would wish for and Christopher Wick says what? <laughs> the fuck did you say much? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well we know when she, she touches the rock and she closes her eyes like she's in a shampoo commercial and if you, <laughs> if you know the movie you know oh she's wishing for her dead boyfriend to come back from the grave and we've seen a movie about people who come back from the dead recently. <laughs> so I bury Steve Trevor outside. He's <laughs> starting to sound like the the French chef from Sea Lab twenty twenty one. I'm trying to mix it's up. It's good. We can do that because at some point she's just going to end up sounding like Oscar Kokoschka. So <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Kokoschka. Get the fuck out of you. <laughs> so, uh, Kristen Wiig uh, decides that she will walk home or walk back to the office or something like that, and she passes by her favorite homeless guy who's reading Waiting for Godot. You know, like homeless people do. Now, here's my question. Was this just a really uh, stupid like thing from the director where they're like, oh, yes, homeless people are actually quite intellectual. We just don't understand them. Or was it just a Gal Gadot joke? Surely yes. there will not be a callback to this scene. <laughs> this movie 
fucking sucks. Oh, Parker, don't laugh just because he thought it, was, it said waiting for Godot. I can read. <laughs> sort of. Okay, so Kristen do we Wiig... Get, do uh, we get to throw the red challenge flag on this podcast? <laughs> I will not prove it. <laughs> I will text the speaker. That's actually a good, That's an item for the game of games. I'm not yeah, I'm, uh, no, it's, that's no, going to go I don't like for it. next year. God <laughs> damn it. So, uh... Kristen Wiig wishes once upon a rock, I wish I could be like Diana. Now, I want to make something really clear here. That is word for word what every single little girl going to watch this movie is thinking. They all think to themselves, I wish I could be like Wonder Woman. I wish I could be that cool. I wish I could be that stylish. I wish I could be that strong. I wish I could be that heroic. Chris, it's probably worth noting you think- before you know we go into this that Wonder Woman also like stops a sexual assault immediately after she meets like the favorite homeless person, which right, you'd think yeah. would just be a one-off scene because surely this movie would not do a callback to sexual assault guy. Oh yeah, well they uh, they she does in fact save him and she says, "Oh yeah, I use Taekwondo. I use his forms against him." And Kristen Wiig's you see, like, the aliens taught us. Her sister uses more momentum against them. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage comes in. Yeah, I taught it to her myself. Uh, Kristen Wiig is just like, yeah, sure, I'll do whatever you just tried to tell me. I'll just try that. Uh, yeah, when I'll we know just, in I'll reality, I'll just believe that, in myself and have more self confidence. Thanks, Diana. Yeah, Bye. that's that's the key. So uh, <laughs> this movie is directly telling uh, the audience. Don't wish that you could be just like Wonder Woman. That would make you a bad guy. So, uh, to all the little girls watching this, hey, sorry, not my idea. So, we have to talk... To all the little girls and also that one dude who tried to get into the all-women screen. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Matt Gates? I hope he's doing okay. No, that, he looks like him. It's uh, Stephen Miller. Uh, not the, the guy in the White House. A different Stephen Miller. Well, so, you don't know. Uh, this, one, this one has hair, so... Uh, <laughs> We should talk about the the bad guy, um, played by Pablo Picasso. Uh, he looks just like Doug McKenzie, and he's kind of doing one of those things that you see. I, I guess they're trying to like parody the '80s. They called it the Decade of Greed or something like that. And he's this—I uh, hate to say it—they I think they're trying to do like a Trump thing here, because oh we'll get to point, that. Oh yeah, thanks we'll get so. yeah. to that. So here's the thing, like he's more of a television personality, although I thought, Parker, I thought he was actually less of a Trump thing at first and more of a, <laughs> what more of a Jimmy Swagger thing. No, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> it, 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 it kind of felt like more of a, like a, a Jimmy Swagger thing, you know? It's like he's a television personality where he'll get the sin out of your body, you know, that sort of thing. It, it, it almost had like this religious thing. Life can be better. If you want it to. And it turns out he's actually an oil magnet. And here's actually, no lie, easily my favorite like camera thing in the movie. He's got this wonderful TV show. He's got this nice suit. Kristen Wiig wants to fuck him. And he goes to his office. And he's got these secretaries. And when he goes up to the second floor, it's desolate. And I've seen offices inside like that. And I really liked it because they tell this part of the story without words. And I thought, wow, that's now I'm invested. This is actually kind of interesting. And then his son, Short Round, shows up. <laughs> Dude, this kid spends the entire movie just in the office like, 
Hope my dad comes to play with me soon. <laughs> How come this kid straight up does not want to be in this movie? <laughs> Dude, I just, I fucking love Same. this whole thing is like, yeah, he runs a pyramid scheme where the people own all the oil. So thanks for inventing Venezuela movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing that gets me is, I, I'm sorry, I want to get back to this kid because... Look, it's hard to find a good child actor, right? Acting is something that you learn over time, and it takes a lot of work. And for a kid to do it, you got to be, like, preternatural for this. Yeah, like Eddie Furlong. At least, yeah. So, like, at least find a kid who wants to be in the movie who's not just being distracted by Legos off screen. Like, this kid does not want to be here. He, Why does he remind me of Anyong from Arrested Development? <laughs> That's a good callback, actually. So, uh... After well, this, my next note was, are we doing a Trump thing? Chris, you gotta mm. realize that kids these days, much like Red Sox players, want to do nothing uh. but play Fortnite, so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. Uh, really he found off, a way to get me good. <laughs> he found, he knew it would hurt. So, uh, uh, the the basic thing is where he says, that, oh, my business is uh, is bankrupt. I'm really more of a television personality than anything else. Then he looks dead at the camera, winks, and says, Get it, guys? A little bit like the orange man. <laughs> Let's go like, back to the movie. At this point, I hadn't yet realized that this was supposed to be the Trump character because I saw this scene and just thought about the I'm an ideas guy scene from Always Sunny. <laughs> that's that's Which, a good one. <laughs> it's something that I think about a lot. Say, oh, no, no, so I'm not going to do that. I'm just the ideas yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, pretty good uh, idea to use for the future. So one of the things here is uh, he's this character, Bob Evil, sorry, Max Lord is talking to... <laughs> Sucks. You think Real his middle bad. name is Land? <laughs> oh, this movie's canceled again. Wait, he's the evil guy. That, okay. It's now it's woke. So he's talking to one of his investors and he say, "Don't worry, I have this great idea." And I'm like, "What? What is he going to do? Is it? Is it going to be? I don't understand how superpowers come into this." And then I then I saw that he goes to the uh, the, the museum and he's flirting with Kristen Wit. Sorry, Barbara Minerva, and he's that's not, that's not real. <laughs> Sorry, he's made he's that up. And he knows that that is a secret wishing rock. And at first I wrote down, how does he know that's a magic wishing rock? He can't just know that. Uh, it's a good thing and the movie if, told us this for no well, reason no, later. No, well, that's the thing. That's the thing that gets me is that uh, Barbara Minerva tells him, yeah, apparently it was a magic wishing rock. If he had just taken her at her word and been like, uh, I wish to become rich. That would have been silly. No, apparently he's been researching this for years, and he was one of the ones who tried to steal it so he could become... We'll get to that. Uh, the fact that his entire oil company pyramid scheme was just a front to find the magic wishing rock, it's very 80s. Like, yeah, oh, I'll give well, him that. Speaking of 80s, speaking of 80s... This movie script is very interesting because it poses a lot of things. Speaking of the 80s... Uh, one of the things that the movie does well is it does the makeup and hair and outfits, and even the music seems to sound like it's from the 1980s. Why? Because we go to a 1980s club scene. <laughs> Your favorite. 
Oh, you know how much I love this. You know how much I love not being able to understand what anyone is saying in addition to Gal Gadot because of the pulsating music. So, uh, this is this is a great scene. I hate saying these words. Max Lord and Barbara Minerva go to her office to make kissing faces at each other. And this is one of the oddest scenes in the movie because this is where he robs her. This is where he takes the, uh, the magic wishing rock. The Infinity Stone. I'm 31 years old. I'm talking about a magic wishing rock. Okay, so he takes a magic wishing rock and holds it behind him while he's fucking her. Does he just have it there the entire time? Maybe he wished for it to. Just How do you hang sneak out, out with that? Back, you know. Well, he magic doesn't sneak out with it because she knows that he has it. She knows it. He's like, yeah, he just took it back to like researching. He speaks Latin, you know. This script is fascinating because it poses all of these things that don't have satisfying answers. And then the few things it does answer, you're like, fuck, I really wish you hadn't told me that. Never <laughs> yeah. mind. <laughs> Sucks. So, uh, yeah. Diana is at the museum and she's in one of her elegant gowns and all these guys are talking to her, but you're not Steve Trevor. Then she sees some guy who looks like a slightly better looking Rob Riggle. Hold on. And we, then need the to, camera... we need to back this up because <laughs> it's worth noting at this point that like she's been in three scenes and every scene is literally every dude that she comes in, cro- in contact with being like, hey, you're really hot. Hey, I want to talk to you. Hey, 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 please respond. Hey. Hey, pay attention to me. I'm a man, and you're a woman. Yeah, that's attractive. I need to, I need to get your attention. Like, the movie is laying it on thicker than Charlie's Angels 2019, which is yeah, that's actually, saying actually you do something. bring up a good point. Yeah, maybe not quite as thick as uh, what's what's that uh, Christmas movie I hate so much? Yes. <laughs> no, Parker, you remember the 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 sorority one? Is it Elf? No, the Christmas. <laughs> oh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. It's Black Christmas. Uh, yeah, it's maybe not quite as bad as Black Christmas 2019, but uh, up there. Uh, yeah, Alex, you, you bring up a great point. And the other thing is Gal Gadot's reaction, which it seems almost designed to bring out the uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg crowd. The uh, the sort of Yas Queen, don't even look at him when he's talking to you. Conversations are for other movies. Yeah, so she really misses Steve Trevor and uh, she wants him back and she won't talk to any other man on Earth. Uh but now she sees a slightly better looking Rob Riggle, the camera changes perspective, and now all of a sudden it's Chris Pine. And uh, she's in love again. And I gotta admit, I'm looking at him like, why was it some other guy for like five seconds? And then all of a sudden it's Chris Pine. What What is, uh, what is the movie trying to say to me? Boy, you sure wanted an answer to that one, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> here's the thing. Was that just another guy? That seems weird. They... <laughs> and then it keeps going. You're like, oh. Yeah. It goes to it goes to his apartment. <laughs> apparently, they go to his apartment, and which exists uh, and is real, despite yeah. being wished into existence like that morning. I well, see. That's the thing. I think what they're trying to say is that was a different person. That was a different guy who I'm just going to call slightly better looking Rob Riggle. A slightly better looking Rob Riggle was a different person. Then his entire person was his soul was taken over by reanimated Chris Pine. So it's right? funny because they did this exact bit in Soul, and in that movie, it also had no resolution. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So, so literally also, two for two. There was no yeah. sexual assault. Yeah, that's a good this, point. 
So this guy's uh, soul is taken over, and whatever people he was talking to, whatever he was doing, that's all gone now. That's all gone forever. And I know that they're doing that because this guy comes back in at the end of the movie to be like, hey, do you like my scarf? So uh, they go to the apartment, then he's like, wow, this is incredible. They have Pop-Tarts. And they go to her room, and God knows what. Who knows? They probably have coitus. (laughs) And then they're like... Which is interesting when she's just... Banging some random dude's well, body. That's no, you don't understand, Parker. You just don't understand. When I look at you, all I can see is Steve Trevor. So I guess I don't understand that either. Damn, Correct. I should try that move on someone. No, baby, you don't understand. When I look at you, I see someone else. Please quit crying on me. I smell like shit. So they please quit telling me I'm hideous and repulsive and I smell like gamers. So one of the more re- one of the more relatable scenes in the movie is she wakes up and he's next to her eating pop tarts. It's it's really mood. cool that like this movie that sucks ass and has no idea what it's doing at least knew what it was doing for long enough to do a 20 minute version of the scene everyone liked from the first movie with the roles reversed because like the one genuine like laugh that I was supposed to have at this movie is when they go through the uh, the scene where she's trying to dress him in 80s clothes, and when he walks out of the apartment, he's just still wearing a fanny pack with his outfit because he can't give it up because it's so, it's so like, uh, it's so resourceful to just have this pack where you can put all your stuff in it. Like, I respect Yeah, that. Alex, I, I also really like the scene where Chris Pine plays dress-up. So uh, they walk around. There's not much else to grab onto. I know. So they walk around D.C. Now, Alex, you watch a lot of... Uh, what was that show with Kevin Spacey? I don't want to talk about it. Well, <laughs> you know that... Uh, a big Robin Wright fan of the podcast. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, a lot of the times when people watch big, big uh, Hollywood blockbusters that were filmed in their city, there's a bit of civic pride there. A lot of people who watch The Dark Knight take pride. They're like, hey, there's my city. Or oh, M. Night Shyamalan city. fans. <laughs> or M. Night Shyamalan fans watch it and be like, hey, it's our city. And people who watch the Boston bombing movie could be like, yo, it's Water Street. Which one? <laughs> you mean which one? Look, Deepwater Horizon was not a Boston bombing movie. <laughs> Look, so I, lo- I, love, the- I love seeing DC in movies, but also I saw one too many silver line signs in this movie. And I noticed all of them. Yeah, okay, so I actually missed it. And I have no excuse because I ride the silver line to get into DC. That's the one that goes to Reston. So no excuse, naughty Chris. The lore for all the people that don't live here is that the silver line has existed for like three years. Exactly, yeah. So they really, in fact, I don't think the green line was even available back in 1984. Yeah, that makes sense. That one goes deep into Maryland with all the undesirables. That's that's the lousy part of Maryland. That's that's Greenbelt. So anyway, uh, the this is the part of the movie. Where it's like, all right, how do we show it's the eighties? An escalator? What? I'm from the 1910s. Yeah, that's the thing that really gets me. Is that's like it. you can just look at it, and he as soon as they go over the drop, he's like, what? And he's grabbing onto it like he's fucking Dudley Do Right. Uh, he walks past a trash can. He's like, whoa, that's a trash can. Uh, what what else do they look at? I don't know, Washington Monument or something. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. So at one point, there was really this realization of like, oh, I'm not going to like anything yeah. about this. Because no, I, I, I was like, well, maybe Chris Pine will like bring some charisma to this. And it's like, oh, fuck, this sucks too. Oh, man, there's still two hours left. No, I will like, say this. Even what? though they, they travel sh- through time. What? That's an airplane that I can see. <laughs> that looks nothing like a biplane. Anyway, that yeah. will come back again. Yeah, so one of the things that got it me just, here is. Man. 
I, I want to make it clear, even though there were Silver Line signs, it was kind of nice seeing the inside of the Metro in a movie. It's just like, I didn't point at the screen and say, I know what that is, but I thought it, so. I did, uh, so. <laughs> there even i thought it and wrote it yeah twice. <laughs> it was a big thing it was like i i don't get to see that people film movies in all sorts of they'll film it in new york or something like hey that's that's a little thing from my stomping grounds now at one point they're walking along the washington mall and this is where the movie actually kind of uh made me almost as sick to my stomach as transformers 5 did she asked him so what happened to you after you died and i thought well that's a stupid question Wait, that's a great question. All right, what are you going to do, movie? Do you have the talent to do this? He's like, well, it's sort of like, uh, it's it's hard to explain. I, I can't really put words to it, but it was good. It was really good. I'm like, oh, my God. The implication is that he went to heaven. He was he went to St. Peter, and St. Peter's like, yeah, you made the cut. Come on, go ahead. You're in. Save the day. That's Dude, it. Bye, Plin. Yeah, go ahead. All I could think during this scene was Austin Powers explaining the 80s to Heather Graham. <laughs> yes thank you okay i'm glad we're on the same page the entire fucking movie like the whole middle act with chris pine is just austin <laughs> see okay i two things it to say about that so but uh, the first thing is that remember the second act of wonder woman the good one 2017 and how that was easily the best part of the movie one of the best parts of any superhero movie is just the incredible chemistry that we had Gal Gadot works as a fish out of water because she's she barely seems human. She's too beautiful to be human. She doesn't speak with a human accent. Chris Pine is just he's he's a guy. He's very very pretty, but he he seems like he's seen the eighties before. Gal Gadot is the one who ought to be the fish out of water, but you can't do that now. You've written yourself into a corner. Don't make him the fish out of water. But you have no choice. She's coming from a fucking secluded island with no men, and he's just like. Wow, buildings are taller now. That's crazy. <laughs> wow, you can put stuff in this fanny pack? Anyway, I want to get back to the... It's like a pocket, but I can take it off when I get on an aeroplane. Cool. <laughs> I want to get back to the heaven thing. So, the, the thing yes, the movie is saying here think about. is that she wished his soul out of heaven because she missed physical touch and words of affirmation. That sounds like a woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, should I or shouldn't I? You could leave that. She ripped his soul out of heaven and threw it into the body of someone who already exists, who could have like a family and friends and jobs. Like, no, nah, but I really miss getting piped down by this dude. So sorry. It's she, not even getting piped down. Up. I'm sorry not to make this less sexual than ever because we hear it real deal now. Sex people have never had intercourse. Confirmed. But like, nor will I. She just missed cuddles. She all she missed was a little cuddle buddy. When she wakes up in the morning, some guy to eat pop tarts next to her for us to remind her. Why do I like men? That's simple. So, uh, Is that all you have to do? Because I have a lot of pop tarts. <laughs> do you? Do you like what's Chris, your favorite? Flavor? I have just made a lot of mental leaps that you're going to have to cut out when I say just them. just go for it. Hey. Hey, remember how you brought up Bill Cosby earlier? Yeah. Do you remember the Dave Chappelle bit about Dave Cosby? <laughs> the hero who saves more than he rapes? <laughs> well. <laughs> it's Wonder Woman 1984, baby. <laughs> sure, she committed all these rapes on this dude. But those children in Egypt got saved, so, uh... Net pop. Yeah, decade here. All right, yeah. Maybe, nope. That's for you. There's the too. cold open. No else, probably. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you never cut what I say. <laughs> so we cut to the scene where Kristen Wiig has super strength and she walks into a gym and starts cleaning and pressing 500 pounds. 
why does this movie look worse than the Linda Carter series? Like, this is literally Catwoman, right? It looks worse than Catwoman. I would absolutely... This, again, it looks like it's a scene from a car insurance commercial. Like you said, the general's gonna come in there. It's... Like, this should not be comparable to her playing basketball. And yet... It's genuinely jarring to look at. Like, if, if you just sat me down with this movie and told me this came out sometime in the last 20 years and made me guess, I would have said, like, 2009 at the latest... Oh yeah, this is mid two thousands Fantastic Four, and it's not even. Why are the sound effects so bad? Like, here's here's one that really gets me. Uh, At one point, she's doing like bicep curls, right? Oh wow, fifteen pounds is like nothing for me. So she picks up like the biggest weight off the floor, right? And she picks up when she picks it up, it makes this. I don't have any metal rim. It makes it sound like drink like that. Like no, this isn't. No, okay, no, no, (laughs) okay. So not. I'm gonna cut that. So she. It's like it's. It sounds like, uh, like a barbell being placed on a rack. It it should it should just sound like when you pick it up off the ground if it makes a sound at all. And but it doesn't matter because the whole thing looks like styrofoam anyway. I'm not saying I want Kristen Wiig to actually curl 85 pounds, but at least make it look that she's doing that way. Uh, and when she starts cleaning and pressing 500 pounds, and everyone's just kind of like looking at her, I'm like, okay, put it down. Are you gonna be? Are you gonna do the thing where you drop it and the whole building shakes and the windows crash? And she's like, "Golly, guess I don't." Sorry, Kristen, we're gonna. Guess I uh, don't know my own strength. You know, wow. Well, <laughs> you so. think she should have set off the lunk alarm? <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that. So uh, she goes to the museum. <laughs> that can't be a recurring joke. That sucks. Uh, it's yeah, she she goes to the museum. Are you saying you're not going to keep the joke? I'm, I'm going to say that many I'm not people are saying that my jokes are getting the biggest laughs. I thought they were just getting Those... regular laughs, but <laughs> so she goes. Speaking of getting lots of laughs, she goes to the museum and uh, where she works, and she says, "Oh, well, I uh, guess uh, my uh, superpowers uh, cured my uh, eyesight." Oh, oh, my. Uh, and she can study ancient tomes for long hours now. That's a superpower. She can jump in heels. That's a superpower. And uh, she doesn't need her glasses anymore. That's a superpower. Uh, also, the Asian guy at the office likes her. We're, like, not even at the part superpower. of the movie where the bad guy has done anything. And we've already established that you can just wish for superpowers. Like, okay. What? What are we doing here? Seems like more people would want to do that. Yeah. Good thing no one else on the planet does it. And Gal Gadot's just like, oh, what are you doing? What's I don't even remember. Let's, cut, let's go back to Pablo Picasso. He gets the magic wishing rock, and uh, he's like, I wish to become the magic wishing rock. And I genuinely thought that the that he was going to turn into his own, like a, like a rock there with like his face on it. But no, he's just able to grant wishes with his touch. And the way for him to do it is he has to make people, he has to touch a person, make them say their wish, and then he'll say, and in return, I will take this thing that you never agreed to. Listen, this is the last good thing that I'm going to say about this movie. But I'm glad that the third wish that we see is just, I wish for infinite wishes. Like, that that should happen within the first three that happen. Well, fourth wish. First one was coffee. No, I was including the coffee. Who did I forget? Oh uh, yeah, coffee, wishing the dipshit back to life. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the guy wishes to become a magic wishing rock. Now he's a magic wishing person, 
and uh, I can grant all your wishes, but then in return I get something. But you don't have to agree to it. But also, I can just be like, "Hey, don't you want me to have this?" Yeah. Okay. Cool. Wish granted. So he goes okay, to that initial really investor. Fast and loose. He goes to that initial investor and says, "Don't you wish that my business was profitable?" The guy's like, "Yeah, I guess so." He says, "Okay, good. And in return, I'm going to take your entire business, and you're going to go to jail." The guy's like, "What?" It's really and cool the police that come. They just got this guy who has Nick Cage's hair from Knowing. But is like 70 years old. <laughs> oh, I, don't talk to me about knowing. Gonna cut that. So uh, he gets arrested under mysterious <laughs> circumstances. And uh, what does he do next? Then he wishes that they had more help in the office so they get people to answer the phones. And then he decides that he will go to the Middle East for the crude oil baron king of crude or something <laughs> like that. I can't tell you where I wanted to go least in this and movie this <laughs> with is, who is starring in it. Like, let's just not even go to that side of the globe because you're going to raise questions you don't want to answer. So uh, that, that's the thing that kind of gets me. Is uh, Also, I want to talk about this. At one point, Gal Gadot and, uh, and Chris Pine, they go to uh, a hangar where there are a bunch of planes. And uh, he's like, yeah, we have to fly to the Middle East. And there were no biplanes. <laughs> There was at least one propeller plane that was parked next to an F-16. Because, of course, there was. Because, yeah. what is this? Ah, yeah, you so, know when you just walk out of the back of the Air and Space Museum and there's a fully functioning runway with every aircraft on it and you can just pick which one you want to take? How do we have was, was a also. ridiculous <laughs> plane subplot in both of these movies? It gets even better because uh, one of the things that happens is he just gets into, I don't know what kind of jet they fly, and he just knows how to fly it, you know? Spoilers! It's, just like, it's, like, it's not a real one, because you're not going to find a jet where the two seats are side by side. <laughs> I like that they just, they're just in there next, first of all, he this guy from 1917 knows how to fly a jet, also the key is in the ignition or something. Also, He's it's really like, funny that there was just a P-51 Mustang on the runway, and if he took that, then this movie takes like four more hours. <laughs> so, uh, one of the cool things here is, uh, they're flying away, and she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you they can track our all, all of our movements with radar. And he says, radar, what's that? It's a little callback to that lava movie. <laughs> Uh, but then she's like I have a good way to negate the effects of radar and she turns the entire plane invisible with her Harry Potter powers Uh, couple questions here oh yeah I've been practicing this and she just starts moving her hands (laughs) and I look at my friend and we just start groaning like I swear to god now Parker you've read a comic Is is this how her invisibility jet works that's a good question. I hope I never yeah, find out. Yeah, she just had magical powers to turn things invisible, and she never used it until now, and she just uses it on an entire jet. And also, Alex, you understand how planes work. Is that how radar works? They can't track invisible things? Well, you see... Seems like if you wanted to be a vigilante hero who no one recognized for 80 years, it would help if you turned yourself invisible. Secrets. Countries all over the Earth have been looking for the successes of the F-35, and they just can't find them. <laughs> So what I'm saying is, yes, you can turn planes invisible. Because clearly, this plane we spent hundreds of billions of dollars on is not only good, but the best, and very functional, and never crashes. I swear, if this invisible jet comes back in the game of games, I somehow... Only one week left, buddy! You're probably fine! (laughs) We're not doing it for the playoffs? Uh, Only several weeks left, buddy! You're probably fine! (laughs) (laughs) Probably shouldn't open your mouth yeah, there, Yeah, huh? well, that reminds me, uh, 
The, this is about the time where I, I realized that the movie's a lot like Wishmaster, but without all the fun stuff, such as the plane exploding. What fun stuff was there in Wishmaster? The plane exploding! The movie sucked I would, ass! I would much rather be watching Wishmaster than Yeah, this. Wishmaster's fun. That opening scene is really cool. I think you Gal Gadot's guy... better at speaking English than Eddie Furlong. Was Eddie Furlong in Wishmaster? Fair. No. no, he wasn't. Wait, what am I what? thinking of? You're talking. You're thinking about brain scan. Yeah, sure. Same fucking thing. No, Wishmaster is cool. It's got that cool. I was not, scene. in fact, thinking of brain yeah, scan. Yeah, Wishmaster's also got that plane exploding. Remember the best part of the fucking movie? That's true. There were no planes that blew up in about. this movie. You're right. Because that's what I was thinking when they were in the invisibility jet. God, just why can't like, I watch I'm... Top Gun two yet? I'm so mad. I, I... Oh, I saw that trailer by the way in front of this. I'm... Oh, ready. oh so uh, anyway. Uh, I, I, the other thing that I was really hoping for is I was really hoping that someone would, you might even say wishing, that someone would, he would like press his hands on someone's head and be like, what is it that you wish for? And the person would say, I wish you would leave me alone. And he'd have to walk away and go, no, no. <laughs> also, I was hoping for Ted Raimi. So. Look, now, better we, Ted Raimi. we really have not talked enough about Pedro Pascal's character at this point because... Mm-hmm. What the fuck is this performance? Oh, it's a bunch of performances, I'll tell you that. The- is it sexist that the only interesting character to watch is a dude in Wonder Woman? <laughs> like, is he just, like, doing Tony Montana, but slightly different because they can't do literal cocaine, but can only do figurative cocaine? Like, I... I what? I mean, what are- Why is his eye and nose bleeding for half of this movie? He just grants I, I- wishes. You know, artistic stuff. They're trying to do, like, the 80s Decade of Greed sort of oh, thing. Oh, I know, you know what they're doing. I'm calling it capitalism. stupid. Yeah, I, I know. It's like, oh, it's, they just like, I don't know, the wishes start to kill you or something. I don't know, man. We wrote ourselves in the corner. Okay, so, uh, let's... It has a lot of energy of this movie has to come out on this date, so we gotta get this hammered out. And then the movie got delayed for ten months anyways. Uh, Parker, Parker, we have to get back to the sexual assault callback. So, uh, of course, we oh, do. yeah, yeah. So, the uh, old drunkard, you know, DC's favorite, is uh, verbally harassing Kristen Wig again, and she decides to kick the shit out of him. So, when you wish to be just like Wonder Woman, that doesn't really mean being anything like her at all. So, uh, for all the little girls watching, yeah, this is what happens when you wish that you were like Wonder Woman, you beat the shit out of some guy. The movie, God. The definitive moment to show that, oh my god, she's turned into a villain, is beating up a rapist. And then, and then her favorite homeless guy coming up and being, I thought you were different than that? Question mark? Like, Did why is she being yet? shamed for this? They're like three benches and away like, in the park? Like, like how does he not know what's... You know what? Don't answer that. Uh, like, about he was really to into fucking for corner her in that alley. And she fights back. There's like, damn man. I thought, you think you know some people. Okay, up. so let's get to Parker's favorite part of the movie, the caravan scene. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think we're talking about this off mic. Like, when I'm watching Justice League, I'm not thinking of, like, it's kind of fucked up that Gal Gadot was an IDF, right? <laughs> I'm not thinking of that in the Fast and Furious movies. You literally can't not think that for this entire it's scene. right there. <laughs> because it's, there's so many parts about, first of all, they go over to the Middle East to to pull up alongside this guy as he's driving his hair as he's driving his caravan and they're just like hey can we get the rock back Look, he's like no gotta, sorry I we gotta back rock. up here because we gotta talk about this scene where pedro pascal oh, confronts I, uh, the egyptian oil lord 
I, I don't know if we have the talent to talk about this. I want to talk about this scene more than any other scene in this movie. Okay. I'm that's... pledging to not use any accents for yeah, this segment. Yeah, that's, uh, okay. Let's see what we can do. When he shows up, and he tricks the guy into wishing away all of his oil or whatever, and he goes, Haha, joke's on you. I already sold it to the Saudis. I had to pause the movie. <laughs> 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 Fucking got him, man. <laughs> and then Pedro Pascal just be like, Okay, I'll take your security forces, yeah, dick. I'll, I'll take something other than your oil. Because, you know, I take the thing that's most oh, cool. precious got... to you, which is apparently these eight dudes just standing around with AKs. Let's go. I have a dozen guys in suits. I win the day. Goodbye. You'll have no one to protect you from this thing that you wanted. And then we get this, like... You flew out to Egypt to get bodyguards. We get this, like, 45 seconds where after the guy has wished that his country has walls around it and is free from foreign intrusions, like, everyone going, Oh, no, I guess we're fucked now. Also, you'll never see us again. Like, Appreciate what that, is the fucking message of this movie? It's Myth. insane! Dude, they built a wall. <laughs> just drives me insane that no one in this movie is like, Hey, I want to fly. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That's Look, this is... Take what you want, well, don't care. Oh, you want all my money? It's cool. It's literally yeah, the exact same problem we had with Ready Player One. Like... Oh, yeah. We see those seven dudes dressed as Master Chief, and somehow that's not the whole movie. Like, because, like, to this point, all we know is that Pedro Pascal, our villain, our horribly evil villain, just wants to take people's stuff and make money off it. It's got, like, what I have in my notes next to this scene is, this is just Quantum of Solace. Like... It's literally oh, yeah. just like a movie where like, oh, this guy's evil because he wants to do evil things. And then you're like, well, what's his plan? It's like, well, he wants to take this resource and profit off it. Who fucking cares? Why does yeah, any of I this think... matter until like the last like 40 minutes of the movie? He doesn't well, that, do I mean, anything. We'll yeah. And I think they're trying to, I, again, I've already said this and you know, as well as I do, what the point of the movie is. Again, decade of greed, you know, unrestrained capitalism, whatever. But to what end, you know? What, are you trying to criticize a decade that was, at this point, 30 years ago? Oh, like, wow. Okay, congratulations, you really got them. This one guy is going to make movies. Well, that's instead, different now. going to make money instead of these other people. Like, what a disaster. Like, yeah. who gives a shit? Oh, yeah, I bet he's going to go back and wish for all the Microsoft stock. Done. Then he's going to be rich instead of Bill Gates. Like, this is not... A fucking villain plot. This doesn't mean yeah, anything. Exactly. You can't do low stakes like this, but also have the stakes be brought upon by a magic rock that can do anything. Yeah. It doesn't mix. Oh, there's... Either someone makes themselves god, like, give me a Superman movie where Lex Luthor finds this rock. Yeah, that Parker, works. Not, Parker, ah, how about this? I can do literally anything. I'm going to embezzle so much <laughs> money, and then an Amazonian demigod's going to fight me. Like, Parker, right. what if the movie gave an explanation for why the guy is like this? We'll get to that later. So the caravan scene. I passed. <laughs> right. The caravan scene, just, which is... Man, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, Holy we'll get shit, to that. We'll I'm get sorry. That. So the caravan scene, which is... Uh, this is one of the parts that actually leaked online. I say leaked was just released online. I think this was intentional to be like, look how good our Don't special effects are. Don't know why you'd advertise exactly. it I'm pretty way. sure this was meant to like advertise, like, look how good our special effects are. These are the worst special effects I've seen in a movie in a long time. Like, these look really bad. The jumping, her running is 
it, it, it looks so fucking bad. The, the most obvious green screen I've ever seen in my life in her stupid face. So here's the thing I want to talk about with Gal Gadot. Uh, Alex, the way that you often word this is you have a lot of, uh, an example, you have a lot of stock in Tom Cruise. You have a lot of stock in a, a director or a writer. Taylor or, Lautner, yes. Or, Taylor Lautner. There you go. You have a lot of stock in people. <laughs> Still waiting, I, baby. Low, I so had far. a lot of stock in Gal Gadot. And right now, I am, uh, boy, not doing great with it. Because I thought after watching Wonder Woman 1, hey, she's great. She's got the future. She'll learn English eventually. We'll be great. In this one, she's doing the model face. Now, if you're a model, uh, you can go on to be an actress. Work for Audrey Hepburn. Work for Charlize Theron. They go up to Charlize Theron. They're like, hey, you're a great model. You want to be an actress? She's like, okay. She, she does great. She's a really good actress. They go up to Gal Gadot. You're like, you wanna, you're a great model. You want to be an actress? She's like, okay, I will do it. And they're like, oh, we will hire a coach for that. And in the first movie, she's, she looks good. She's doing things with her eyes that make her look like she's an actress. She's conveying different emotions. In this, her eyes are always like half open. She's doing like that sultry look, you know, and it doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense, you know. It's even, especially in this scene, she should be like intense. And she can't do it. She's a worse actress than Ronda Rousey. So uh, there's a scene where she gets launched out of the uh, car that she overturns. By the way, her long hair doesn't get uh, torn apart by the road. That's cool. Plot hole. Um, also... <laughs> also steve trevor is uh just hanging out on this car and uh he's not a <laughs> almost like you don't need him in this he's movie just a yeah. dude and yet he just yeah. he's doing stuff in every scene that means something like, yeah not a tremendous amount here so uh all this work to bring him back in the dumbest way possible just to be like i guess i'll drive i don't yeah. know so here's the scene that I uh, particularly like. They're they're going along with the caravan, and uh, Pedro Pascal says, "Hey, uh, kill her, take her out, you know, so that she won't bother me anymore, right?" And uh, they're trying to kill her, but they can't because she's Wonder Woman. Anyway, they see off in the distance two little Palestinian children, and uh, <laughs> how did you guys and, get outside uh, our giant wall? <laughs> and uh, they're kicking. What's that in your hand? <laughs> Drop it! <laughs> and they're kicking a little soccer ball back and forth at each other. Unfortunately, one of them. Oh, we know what that means. Titties kicks- in my hand. <laughs> one, of- <laughs> one of them kicks that ball a little too hard with a little too much force. And Wonder Woman. Shit! 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 shit. <laughs> oh no! He kicked the ball too hard. <laughs> Wonder Woman sees him kick the ball too hard and goes into pit bull mode and go red alert, red alert. Fires a missile at them, <laughs> takes the last two <laughs> the missile and exterminates them with extreme prejudice. I was Rich Evans laughing so hard. <laughs> no, you don't understand. It's we need so this missile for good. You see, we're the good guys, so we can shoot them. It's fine. So, the, I mean, much like Evan, I, I understand both sides of this. So, uh, the, <laughs> now so skip. The, <laughs> Wonder Woman is like travel. <laughs> you know, that missile was hard work meets preparation. So, uh, the, uh, that was a little too deep. So, <laughs> Shut up, Diana. Show some class. <laughs> So anyway, she isn't actually able to save him in a heroic manner. She, at that point, at that exact dramatic point, her powers start to drain, and she kind of skids on the ground, and then all the cars avoid her. Yeah, really like, weird how just... God would pick that point to uh, take her powers away. Well, well, here's the thing. Wait, if you're driving one of the cars in the caravan, just run her over. 
Like, she's right there. It's easy pickings. So just pow! Well, you get the other two kids. Who cares? Like, just go ahead. Come on. Kill her. She's right there. And they all deliberately avoid her because she's a star. A lot of a lot of interesting stakes in this movie. I get really invested in all the cool action yeah, scenes. Yeah, so... Uh, that look like fucking nostalgia critic skits from 15 <laughs> years ago. Big fan of his work. So, uh... It looks just like Lincoln. It really running. does. I'm That's sorry. like the best comparison it's I've embarrassing. seen. Uh, I'm a little proud of it because I'm the one who made that comparison. So they go back to the United States because Kristen Wiig did uh, three days worth of, worth of research. And she did it one of the, uh, you know, like the thing where you go into the library, you have to like zoom in on like old newspaper articles. And Gal Gadot's, where is you from? And Kristen Wiig's like, that's the thing. It's from everywhere. Dude, this fucking, like, uh, we have to talk to this ancient Mayan librarian who lives in, like, a dusty loft with all his weird books. Like, what <laughs> the fuck is this scene? Apparently, yeah, he runs... Oh my god, I forgot yeah, about you that. Yeah, ha- we have to talk about this, because apparently it's like, yeah, he runs some sort of sketchy yoga practice in this abandoned garage. It looks like one of the garages from Tokyo Drift. This, like, and, uh, this scene looks like it belongs in an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, like, that's actually, yeah. Ah, uh, we have this weird keeper of lore that lives in his strange concrete apartment with all his old books. Like, what? What the fuck is this? Like, yeah, anyway, you guys uh, remember when we watched that fucking Mark Wahlberg movie where they had to go to the guy that had the, the fucking tome on the Valkyries who, like, ran a tattoo shop? It's just oh, that. God. Oh, my God. That... Have not thought of <laughs> Max Payne in many months. Oh, my months. God. Now I'm thinking about serum. Okay, so uh, they're, they're there <laughs> reading this. Oh, no, I need to get the serum. Next <laughs> <laughs> time. <laughs> Bam Margera like an hour in this movie that's like oh yeah and uh, also she loses her powers so, yeah that's that's okay. the thing is uh, they're talking about okay if you lose your if you wish for something it takes away what's most precious to you now that that raises a whole bunch of issues one of which I, I kind of wrote down something stupid that Kristen Wiig says she says what could be more precious than what you wish for I don't know ask the guy who wished for a cup of coffee <laughs> like wait, what <laughs> that guy's balls just <laughs> fell off because he really wanted a coffee <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah, that's actually a good question. I hope that guy's okay. So, um, can you imagine him renouncing his wish at the end of it? He's like, "No, I like that coffee." Dude, like that. Like we'll talk about that, obviously. But like, there were so many things that like happened yeah. in this movie that I'm just like, "Oh yeah, I'd be the one guy that just doesn't renounce to see what happens." You wouldn't be the Absolutely. one guy because I'm pretty sure that Cheetah doesn't renounce her wish, and she's gonna come back for the sequel or some bullshit. Wonder Woman three, fast track. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, she sure is. Um. But there's something else uh, that that gets to me here is uh, if you if you wish for something you give up what's most precious to you. Uh, apparently those rules change when Pedro Pascal becomes the wishing rock. I can't believe <laughs> well, I know, said that. You become sentence. a rock. Yeah, when you become a rock, you can just change the rules because he says, "Okay, in return, I'll take." whatever i want from you what if uh what if he was like granting wishes to people and what was most precious to them was something he had no interest in look you know i'm just saying if this worked the way it worked at the beginning of the movie by the end of the movie pedro pascal would have seven thousand penises (laughs) (laughs) and he would be better off like the whole point is like it's monkey's paw wishes but they don't do that right yeah they just do whatever the writer wants them to do so thanks patty jenkins i appreciate it (laughs) 
the whole point of the monkey's paw is you wish for something and then a bad thing happens, but everyone just wishes for bad things and then he just gets stronger, yeah, I guess, so, but not really. He just stops dying. Yeah, cut back to Pablo Picasso and he's in his office and he's, oh, I'm super rich and famous, but there's so much, I'm so busy. I'm too busy to be rich and famous. Also, my eyes bleeding. And people are trying to get into my office. No, I don't have time to spend with my stupid fucking kid. Uh, turns <laughs> out the kid's really, right there. Just, this is crazy. Oh, my dumb fucking kidding uh, here oh no it turns out he's he like dad what the hell and then he doesn't you know, leave. No, this kid he... is like six and manages to somehow sneak into the office like four different times yeah no one else can get in there the, the eyewitness news can't get in there but little Anyun can this kid's superhero powers are more relevant to this movie than Gal Gadot's I think he had one of a line that should have been more pointy he says the only thing I want is to spend more time with you and I thought that could have been like a wish and then he would have been like a Super villain sidekick or something, I don't know. Uh, but then anyway, uh, uh, his dad gives him $10 to go see a Star War. No other way to say this. So we go to see the President of the United States. Um, and here's a big question that's on everyone's minds. Is this supposed to be a portrayal of Ronald Reagan? Is that what you're going for? Like, you shouldn't have to ask that question. Because it's either Reagan or it's not. It's not like it's difficult to do a Reagan impression. The fact that it's this weird middle ground and you're like, wait, what the fuck See, is See, that's this? the thing. Is it's not good. In most movies, if you're going to portray the president, you're going to usually do it in present time. And you never portray the actual president because that's too distracting. Imagine if you're watching a great movie like Collateral Beauty and it cuts to the White House and the orange man is in it. <laughs> I mentioned Collateral Beauty. Sorry, quick aside. I'll probably cut this. Uh, my, I visited my dad yesterday and he was uh, watching TV and he was just flipping through channels and he accidentally left it on Collateral Beauty as we were talking. And I was glazing at the screen and I just kind of blurred out, Dad, change the channel now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of that movie earlier today. <laughs> so, I don't know why. To your point, though, like there are certain situations where people doing period pieces will do the president, but it's always like as a bit, like someone doing yeah. a JFK voice or a Nixon voice or a Bill Clinton voice. Yeah. It's never just like this guy playing it straight who kind of sort of looks like a younger Reagan and also might have dementia in this movie, question mark? That's the thing is I'm not entirely sure. They only referred to him as Mr. President. They never said, well, I guess Secret Service would do that anyway. But, like, no one ever says Reagan, you know? And he, really, he looks pretty far off from Reagan. I think it, they could have gone a, a much better route if they're going to get someone to even look like the guy. But it said in 1984, we know who the president was. It, it wasn't Hillary. So uh, they cast this guy who, whatever this guy's performance is, I mean... We we got to talk about this fairly bizarre performance. Chris, important question before we continue. Better or worse president than Kevin James in Pixels? Worse. Kevin James <laughs> was good in Pixels. Uh, as Parker's going Parker's going to find that out next week. So, uh, No, he's not. Oh. So anyway, <laughs> so uh anyway, the he makes the president wish that he's that he gets more nukes and that he's not president anymore and uh so we now we have president pedro pascal who's also the wishmaster and uh <laughs> kristen wig comes in looking like cruella deville sorry riot punk girl cruella deville and she's she's Thank wearing you. like furs and leather and spikes and chains and stuff like that it looks so silly it turns out she's got super strength and also raccoon eyes 
And is she uh, just she's like battle- Benji and Joel's sister in this scene? Like this outfit is baffling. Yeah, and she does a bunch of these. <laughs> now, hang on, I actually did some research into this. When I say research, I saw the pre-show. Um, apparently, Cheetah, in her original portrayal, is just like the one from Super Friends. Uh, Alex, you don't have to do the voice, it's already cold open. And when it when she was, uh, the comics came back, I guess in the 80s, they revived her as more of a Cruella de Vil sort of look, because, let's be honest, that original outfit's kind of silly. Luckily, they don't bring that back in this movie. What a relief. Uh, but, yeah, but they have her in this stupid leather and the that skirt and the jacket with the fur and everything like that. And they are like, yeah, doing it as an homage, you know, for all those fans of Cheetah in the uh, in the audience. Both of them. So, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, when, <laughs> so, when Kristen Wiig is uh, trying to kill those guards, Wonder Woman has to save the guards. I like that. Because she's saving people. That's what a hero does. But it's also filmed in a really, really dumb way. And she's just force-pushing people. Uh, Here's the thing. What if Steve Trevor... He has a gun, right? What if he just kills Pedro Pascal? It's like, look, I'm not... I'm not saying this as, like, a slight against, you know, the whole Wonder Woman character. But, like, isn't this just all of DC's characters where they don't kill people? Like, it's not interesting if they all do it. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, my and, and Parker, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this. You're the expert, but I thought that the main thing about Superman and Batman was that they both wouldn't kill, and that their mom's name is Martha. Uh, I thought the thing that made Wonder Woman different from them was that she would use deadly force if she deemed it necessary. And that made her, in in sometimes Superman and Batman thought that she was too dangerous to bring on missions because she would kill somebody. And that's that's why they, they would uh, leave her out of missions, also because she's a woman. But I, I thought that that's what would happen. And I thought if Wonder Woman would kill this movie, boy, what a message to send to little girls. But hey, that'd be different. You don't usually see that in a superhero movie. Well, uh, well, your honor, you see they had been... rocks and... Yeah. <laughs> that soccer... What's in that soda can? <laughs> so... The glass of Coca-Cola bar for fucking kills. <laughs> well, soccer balls come right for us. So, uh, yeah. The... I mean, that's the thing. It's like, in this movie, it would have been appropriate to just off the guy. It would have made perfect sense. But she's like, no, I don't want to do this. Uh, now here's the thing, and uh, also by the way, when she's fighting Kristen Wiig, she says, "But Kristen, you had to sacrifice something. What did you sacrifice? Oh, you sacrificed what made you special, your caring yeah, personality, your, your bubbly, fun-loving personality that everyone hated and ignored. Like, sorry that you're fem chad now, but uh, yeah, guess you got to go back." She went from femcell to femchad, and now she's unstoppable. Yeah, it's like the strangest part of the but movie also, because she didn't. Chris, she sacrificed something that we never saw. I never saw a charming personality like, from her. She's like, just awkward. It's so easy too. You just give her like a thirty-second scene in her apartment where she's a cat lady, and then like all her cats start yeah. dying or something. It's that yeah, fucking simple. Something. Instead, it's like, oh yeah. no, you gave up this part of you that you hate. Now you have to go back because the part of you that everyone hated was actually the good part. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, uh, Chris, I will back this up for you before you lose your train of thought about how what was special is that Batman and Superman didn't kill people. Let me just gesture wildly at the Zack Snyder movies I know, here. I know. We had, Superman breaks we had, we had that conversation. In this one, it, it almost seems like the DC Extended Universe has reversed this trend because in Man of Steel, spoilers, 
Uh, Superman kills Zod at the end of the movie. Snaps his neck. It's like, oh, kind of a... No, hold on, hold on Chris. Back, back up. That might neck. only be true in one of the two DC universes. Oh, that's a good Yeah, point. we don't yeah, have any clarification right, as to yeah. which one yet. And, if I watch a movie and I hear, oh no, this that was an Earth <laughs> 1. We're on Earth 2. I'm never doing this podcast and, and, uh, again. Batman in Batman v Superman absolutely killed dozens of people. Let's, come on. And they're not even like super <laughs> just shooting grunts and blowing their cars yeah, up. they were bad guys. This is a guy who's just like making nuclear war happen. She's like, no, but you you had the high heels and you would fall when you walked. You had a fucking party, dude. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, <laughs> Talking myself into it. I have to you're, get revved you're up. You're doing a great job water. of it, man. Okay, so anyway, uh, we there's a scene here that really stuck with me. That really got to me. They're back up in her Washington, D.C. penthouse, and Chris Pine's like, yeah, you should just... Like, you either gotta kill this guy, or wish that I was never born, or, or wish that I was still dead. Recount your wish, or recant your wish, or something, because l- l- the world's going to shit, you need to save the world, or you're a superhero, that's what superheroes do, that's in the script. And Diana says, no, I can make that decision. Bitch, look outside. Like, like they got fucking cows on the lawn and everything. That guy, who, all-time performance from this guy, says... I just told that guy I wish for a farm. This isn't what I had in mind. He sounds like the boiling acid guy from Batman Returns. Not Batman Returns, <laughs> Batman Forever. What, what are these wishes? Yeah, it's like, I wish I had what a farm. No, you don't. You know, you, you know, you could wish for something better than that. Oh, and in return, I will take your balls. Okay, thank you. It's so fucking shit. And the other, I, I can't get over how selfish Wonder Woman is in this movie. No, no, no. I like the cuddles. I like that he eats pop tarts in bed. I, I want to hold it, the body warmth when I sleep at night. I really like it. I will not give him up. And uh, as this is being interspersed with cuts of like new generals being like, "Oh, well, we, we might as well counter launch." I mean, it's starting. They launch theirs. We have to launch our nukes. And she's like. No, I can't fucking let you go, dude. See, that's a that's the and thing that's that gets me. You're Gal Gadot. You can have anyone you like. Surely, in seventy years, you'll find another fish in the sea. Well, you see, and if we learn anything from this movie, it's that all men are sleazeballs and they should not talk to or look at any Steve woman Trevor. ever. So, you so, know, maybe maybe that's not true. Maybe you're just yeah, waiting for somebody for to come Trevor. along that doesn't that isn't just like, hey, you know, you're really pretty. You want to get dinner sometime? No, that's bad. One good man, man. Man at home. Man at home. Just no. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Stop it. It's their turn. <laughs> so this is a little bit different from Wonder Woman, the first one, where uh, Chris Pine took turns leading her around the entire world. And this one, he just says, look, you please just Dang save the day. Goodness, um, God damn it. Honestly, the fanny pack thing has kind of run its course with me. I, uh, I miss seven. So uh, she's like, fine, you can go back. Are we talking about the god-awful back. fight scene yet between Kristen Wiig and... One oh no no that no! That looks like oh, the honey, scene from not... Wayne's World Two, where he fights no. Sandra Hare's dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the scene where after she makes her second wish, right? Because I'm talking uh, to you're no, talking she doesn't about... have her powers. No, yet. this is the one in the White House, right? Yeah, so we're talking about the White House fight. Yeah, well, I guess we're basically talking about that, where she has to. She's also fighting the guards at the same time that she's fighting Gal Gadot. And it looks. It looks awful, man. See, that's the thing. Hey, is remember, like, like, like the in the two thousands, when the MTV Movie Awards would do sketches with like the big movies that year. <laughs> yes. No, well, there's there's the big fight scene in your tentpole movie. It's just like like the most wild thing about all that is like 
given like the people that we have playing superheroes outside of maybe Henry Cavill, like she's the most physically imposing, right? Like yeah. you would expect that her fight scenes would be good. And I, when I say that, I mean like the entire universe of comic book movies, not just the DC ones. Like she used she used to teach self defense in the IDF. Like you literally make fucking fifty five <laughs> year old Robert Downey's fight scenes look cool in Iron Man. Like how can you fuck this up so badly? She's like young and fit and like actually has beat people up before. Like what the fuck are we doing? So Parker, would you say that this is the Cape Fear kiss scene? award-winning like you're expecting fucking ben stiller just to walk into frame at some point with jack black to start playing a guitar it looks like shit so uh because it's the big confrontation well not the big one we'll get to the big one oh Oh, yeah we will yes before we get there we have to understand how we get there so uh christian wig escapes with pablo picasso and they're on a plane and uh, he's explaining his secret master plan. Uh, you can wish for things, and uh, I'll make people wish for stuff, and then I'll take their organs, and I'll live forever. And she's just like, okay. And uh, she's just happy that she's in a plane with someone Hold she can on. understand. Time out. Pause. <laughs> we need to rewind. So when Pedro Pascal meets fake President Reagan, as he's on his way out, he sees some stuff on the whiteboards, and is just like, hey, what the fuck is this? He's like, oh. It's communication system that uh, lets you take over all broadcast networks. It's almost like you get to touch everyone. And he's like, I get to touch everyone? He goes, well, you know, it's a figure of speech. But apparently the figure of speech is just enough. Apparently that's all you yeah, need. Yeah, the figure of speech does the does the job for the magic wishing rock that is his body. I, like, like, I guess. How do you write yourself into a corner that badly? That is seriously one of the dumbest things. Like you would, you wouldn't even do that in like a '90s movie, you know? Like this reads like someone made a season of TV and left a cliffhanger, and you're on season two. Like, what the fuck? How do we? Do we just fucking like have a time jump and kill them off? Like, how do we get out of this? Oh, he just gets on TV, and then everyone can make a wish. Yeah, Alex, actually, thank you for bringing that up. I And, like, the thing that it reminds me of the most is fucking after Harry Potter Book 3. When they're like, oh, we have these magical time travel devices. Oh, Ministry of Magic says they're banned. We're good. Don't worry about it. They're gone. They're gone forever. You don't know what I thought of a lot this movie? This entire middle thing where she's granting wishes and everything's going wrong. Like, isn't that just fucking Bruce Almighty? (laughs) That's what? the entire plot of this movie. <laughs> it really is basically everyone's wishes. Yeah, it's Bruce Almighty meets Wishmaster. The two comparisons. Uh, now things are going to get a lot worse before they get a lot better. So he says, "I'm going to steal everyone's organs," and uh, which is actually the plot of the Mummy Returns. I think. Uh, no, that's the <laughs> no, that's the Mummy. He takes everyone. How do you organs. not just go? All right, I want Eternal Youth. Fucking Dragon Ball figured this out 40 years ago. It's not that hard, man. Or here's the thing. If you grant wishes by touching people, why don't you touch yourself and you can, like, wish for anything, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm literally watching OG Dragon Ball and King Piccolo, who is old and decrepit, just wished for eternal youth and then destroyed the dragon. He figured it out. Why can't this dumb motherfucker figure out, hey, I want to be young forever so I don't grow old and weak. Now I'll just keep granting wishes forever and stealing organs. He has Why are to those air raid sirens more going more. off? Is that bad? I didn't wish to be immortal. Am I going to be okay? Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, they're on that plane, and after he explains his secret plan to Kristen Wiig, he says, What do you desire? 
and she says, I, I, I had to write this down. I want to be number one. I want to be the very best. Like no one ever was. <laughs> I want to be an apex predator. Parker, That's not do how the people roar. talk and do it. It's not even just that. He literally I be an apex <laughs> He literally breaks the rules of the movie. Because the, it's like, oh, everybody gets one and only one wish. And he's like, well, I'm the wish rock, so I'm feeling generous, and you get a second one. You and only you. I, Nobody else. I'm going to take a second thing from you, which we also don't find out. I think that's the thing that they're trying to do. And this is not explained well. The only way I could possibly try to understand it is at one point he's in his office, right? And he touches someone and says, don't you wish that uh, there was no traffic out today? And that person's like, yeah. He's like, wait, did I already give you a wish? He's like, yeah, Porsche. He's like, damn it. So he has to find someone else. I have a feeling that maybe you can do double wishes if someone wished before you became the wish rock. I can't believe I am talking about this. Yeah, we had me and my friend had this discussion. Like, wait, how the fuck? He's like, oh, he wasn't the rock. yet. I was like, why should that make a difference? No, I don't really have. Stop talking. I was like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) This doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't really. (laughs) It's not worth the mental. Like, it's it's worth noting again that we are not plot hole in movie guys on this podcast like that's not what we're here for you guys have brains too but this one is just so egregiously stupid like you create this whole universe of rules and then you just break them over and over and over it's unforgivably dumb that's like, the thing yeah, is it keeps trying to like be you watch big. the dark knight like yeah the joker's plane doesn't make sense but when you're watching it, you don't care because it's a good movie but you're yeah. watching this like wait what why would you just why would you wish him back? Why can't you just let him go? Everyone's dying. Why won't anyone just wish for this dude to die? Why doesn't someone just shoot him in the fucking head? Why isn't any of this happening? Why is she a cheetah monster? <laughs> so, someone tell me why she's a cheetah monster. In fact, we have to get to that now because, come on, we we have to talk about this. So we've all seen cats and uh, fucking Kristen Wiig looks like she's one of the Jellicle cats in this movie. I... Didn't know what I was expecting to happen. I promise it wasn't this. I love just, like, not knowing anything about fucking comic books when she shows up as a cat monster. Like, it's like, oh, that's what that Apex Predator thing was for. That was, like, a a foreshadow of people that know what the fuck's going on. Well, I knew that she was going to show up looking like that because I saw that Super Friends thing. Yeah, I didn't know that was from Wonder Woman. I, well, I assume. I didn't know, like, like, Wonder Woman Woman had villains. I thought it was just her just, like, fighting the patriarchy. I was wondering, I was like, why else would you pick Doctor Poison? Does she not have real villains? <laughs> no, you have to, you have to have female villains because so, it was a really uh, cool choice to film this entire fight scene in black and white. It was really uh, artistic. I, it was not in black and white. Did you have a problem with these? Like, it was in black what? and blue. It might as well have been. What? It was in black and blue. What series is Solomon Grundy from? Uh, Batman. Batman. Don't worry about Batman, it. Yeah. Okay. Don't even so, worry about it. Well, no, I knew one that. of the two universes. They're all Batman they... and the Flash. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. All right, all right. They're the only ones with villains, and then also Lex Luthor. Don't what even worry Brainiac? about it. What about Right, yeah. Uh, he's Superman. I'm all not right. proud that I knew that. So anyway, I this more fight. Toys. <laughs> I demand more toys. I wish for more toys. <laughs> I want pants, too. Okay, so... I uh, want pants, too, because Phil's fat-ass th- fucking rip his jeans. So it's bad <laughs> enough that... <laughs> 
it's bad enough that Kristen Wiig's cheetah outfit looks completely stupid. It's bad enough that the whole thing is filmed in Blurrovision. It's bad enough that it's filmed in black and blue. It's bad enough that that's a stupid trailer line. Oh, Barbara Minerva, what did you do? It, the whole fight scene just looks bad. The whole thing just looks stupid. This is the least exciting climax to uh, a movie I've seen since Wonder Woman 1. Dude, let me put it this way. Like, I know you haven't seen Sunshine, and Parker has only seen it while, you know, having fun with normies. But, like, every shot of the villain in that movie is in Blurrovision. I watched that again, like, immediately after Wonder Woman ended, and I went, oh, cool, they're doing the Wonder Woman thing again. That's how bad it was. <laughs> See, I watched this and I said to myself, oh, they're doing the Suicide Squad thing again. Because once again, there's this giant blue beam pointing up towards the sky. You get in all these fucking movies. <laughs> what does that thing do? Good question. He is the news. Just like in... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, which one is that? It's the... Uh, um, no, it's Tomorrow Never Dies. The news. Right, yeah, he just became the news. He just becomes. Speaking of Chodon Baker, the news. <laughs> That's he just steps thank into you a for gold that and white tea posing, yelling about the news. <laughs> so we have to talk about what's going on here. So they're in one of the sets left over from Geostorm, and uh, he's talking about <laughs> Did you Geostorm again. I wasn't yeah, on that one. I want to watch it again. Yeah, we should definitely do that again because again <laughs> government corrupted at every level trust no one it's great <laughs> uh so we have to talk about what's in the scene so as alex described earlier his basic idea is that instead of physically touching people he can use this satellite to quote marks here touch everyone and he'll be on every tv screen in the world and he urges everyone watching to make a wish with all their hearts the first person watching is in like a chinese restaurant she wishes uh, I wish I was famous. And then, oh, people are pounding on the glass and, and noticing her. And, oh, that's not quite what I meant. Monkey spa thing, right? And uh, then it cuts to a woman who I want to hold on to here for a second. Put it in my back pocket. It cuts to a woman who says, I wish I had a million dollars. We will get back to this woman. And then it cuts to Southie. And, uh, or I thought Southie. <laughs> and uh, this woman says, uh, I mean, some... Who says it first? I think the guy says, I wish you would drop dead. No, it's just the woman says, first. The woman first the woman wishes says, that the woman's, all of the Irish people have to go back. And then <laughs> this redheaded gentleman wishes that she drops dead. And she does. And then he and looks then out the window. On her. <laughs> and some old-timey <laughs> British policemen are just mugging all the Irish people in the street. And then just putting them into cop cars and say, oh, yeah, yeah back where you came from, right here in the rules. And uh, this woman is, is dead on the ground and they perform CPR on her for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, like, this, this no. makes me wonder, like, you know, let's say we're living in the Wonder Woman world. And, you know, we get this broadcast from Pedro Pascal. He's like, you can wish for anything you want. If I wish for the Irish people to all go back and this woman got to it first, like, do I just lose my wish? Like, like how does this work? <laughs> Do I, I also have to pay the troll toll? <laughs> he just touches his arm and go, and stay out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, maybe it's like catching the ball in uh, dodgeball. That means that they get to come back. It's it's like a double negative. <laughs> it's like a fucking jailbreak. Early <laughs> <laughs> auction free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but 
here's the thing. You could wish for anything, and people... I get it. Sometimes the idea of making a wish, it could be something esoteric or, or something that, you know, you can't even put into words. You have to imagine. But you never see anyone wish for flight. Uh, that would have been different. You never see anyone wish for world peace. Is it which bad? would immediately kneecap the movie. Is it bad that I would have wished for uh, Doug Peterson for the Eagles coach forever? <laughs> You, you know, Wonder Woman could have reached out and touched him and said, I wish you weren't the Wishing Rock anymore. And then smashed the Wishing Rock with, like, a hammer. Correct. Um, anyway, or she could have wished for, like, Jerry Sandusky to be freed. So he's... So as you said... Or the Sandusky thing. So he's just T-posing in this giant blue light. And uh, he's saying, yes, wish. Wish for with all your heart. And... Diana takes her lasso of truth, which we see earlier in the movie can also show people things. I'm not stupid. And she wraps it around his leg and uses her own uh, voice to say to everyone on Earth, the truth is good and good is truth and beauty is truth and truth is love and there is wisdom in truth and all this other bullshit that no one cares about. So and don't ever cool. cheat at the Thermophgurar games. And uh, <laughs> like... And everyone's just, please recount your wish, or please recant your wishes. And everyone's just like, okay, I wish I couldn't fly anymore. Ah! And they drop down. <laughs> and, like, I want to get back to the woman that I mentioned earlier who wished for a million dollars. We cut to this woman sitting on a park bench by herself holding a million dollars in cash. If I was her, I would not recant my wish. I would hold yeah, on to the million yourself. dollars. Absolutely not. I would build a studio, I would hire Bigfoot, and we'd get this thing on the road. Uh... The fucking end of this movie is just this fucking goofy broad who can't speak just reading off a fortune cookie. Never be like, damn, that's right. I recant my wish. Sorry. No, you see, so there's good is... in people. We definitely learned that in November. No, we have to... There's we... a lot of good in people. Everyone just being like, you know what? This thing would benefit me personally, but I'm going to give it up for the greater good of humanity. Exactly. Thank you for stepping on my segue to Chris. Quick. I'm yeah, so sorry. <laughs> he yeah he did a pretty good job of that. It was like yeah, you can tell how much the uh, the people in this movie love each other, such as sending each other back to Ireland. You got you guys really uh, love that scene where the guy with like the really stupid wig is like going crazy in front of the White House podium, you know, and it's like you know, like that thing mm, you guys experienced. Like that thing. You remember uh, remember like this other guy you might know about. Talk about Nixon. Yeah, you guys so remember anyway, Barack Obama's uh, fake-ass hair? Yeah, you get, that comes back in this movie. <laughs> I'm imagining what, what uh, Barack Obama would look like in a wig. What kind of wig would he wear? I, I'm imagining the wig from uh, the Rick James sketch. <laughs> so let's <laughs> talk about virtual alarm stepper. So unfortunately... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> That was good, I'm keeping it. So anyway, as everyone's wishing for things and stuff is going nuts, the Soviet Union is like, enough is enough. We must take out all of wishes. And they launch <laughs> all their nukes at us, to which the United States is like, sorry, tit for tat, we gotta throw out all our nukes, and everyone's gonna get nuked. Little Anyang is out there walking <laughs> amongst the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie just randomly cuts to Walking Dead world. Like, yeah, exactly. It, this this had to have been like one of those uh, pickup shots or something. Zach Snyder's like, wait, it needs a little something. And he just does this. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so the kid's like walking around out there. And he uh, Pedro Pascal doesn't know this yet. 
Instead, Diana makes him go back into his past. Much like uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past in Muppet Christmas Carol. So he takes a little girl by the hand, goes back into his past, and watches himself wet the bed. <laughs> Dude, that's so much piss. Look at me. Look at your fucking bed. There's piss everywhere. <laughs> he starts crying because he remembers getting the getting fucking mollywopped for peeing in his bed. He's like, actually, I'm sorry. He gets teased because what his food is different. Uh, he gets teased because. He goes to college and other people are playing football. And then he gets teased because he starts a business and puts out candy and no one comes to his business or something. <laughs> so that's why he wants yeah, like, to be rich. I love that in that scene where he's on like the college campus and the kids are throwing the football around, he's like 5'4 for some reason. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> what well, do you think his first wish was? The... <laughs> So anyway, he realizes, oh, if only I could have held it in when I was a kid, I wouldn't be so evil. And then he realizes, oh my god, I, I gotta get out there and save my son from the nukes. So he <laughs> recancels his villain wishes. origin story is being a roller backpack kid in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying his classic with his briefcase. He's like, well, I guess I'm gonna become an all-powerful deity now. Do you guys ever, like, kick one of those roller backpacks into, like, a lock? You get, like, ricochet action and shit? Dude, Maybe that was the only okay. So I, dude, I literally like the last week of middle school, like the last Friday or whatever before you know we had the two day week at the end of the year. Some kid just put a pack of stink bombs in my hand and told me to go crazy. And where do you think I went with those? Now I got suspended well, for the last two days of middle school, but that that Friday was it's pretty good. I think you won out there. hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, everyone recants their wishes, and I guess the Soviets recant their nukes. Thank and, you, uh, honorable Soviet How does Union. everything just revert to be like, oh god, I'm pissed the fucking bed as a kid, where's my <laughs> like, son? And then just all the nukes it's stop. It's insane that nobody in this movie has to wish for everything to go back to how it was three days ago. Because, like, that's the <laughs> logical solution, right? Well, there is no yeah. logic in these wishes, I think, as we've established. And furthermore, I don't think everyone uh, recants their wishes. There's two people who I know don't. Uh, uh, Kristen Wiig doesn't recant her wish, so she's still Barbara Minerva as Cheetah. And also, I don't see the Irish people come back at the end. It's true. <laughs> yeah. The portals open like Avengers. Nice All little Irish. quote on the moor <laughs> into the streets. <laughs> <laughs> if one of the portal just was dun dun, another one was dun dun, <laughs> and they're all just holding like gardening tools and wearing like brown flat caps and suspenders. Like, <laughs> this is the Molly Maguire's are back. Okay, so uh, the movie ends. Oh my God, the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> is like the it's just becoming the the fucking ready player one but of irish people (laughs) (laughs) i just i like of all the things in this movie the thing that i'm the most dumbstruck by is the fact that someone wished the irish had to go back home Sorry, one more on that one. Imagine if it was that uh, Lucky Charms assassin from uh, Austin Powers driving a warthog. <laughs> Is his home is not prison? 
<laughs> she's just like, I can't stop you, but they can. And then just all these Irish people come out with chains and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> Boy, Batty Jenkins, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, I hope you're happy you included that line in that movie. It's just the fucking Boondock Saints guys on the back of a potato truck throwing them to Latvians. <laughs> Potato man. Premise ridiculous. <laughs> I know it doesn't make sense, but I had to. That's fine. That's okay. On that note, the movie ends. <laughs> Dog Saints just shooting these bobbies off. <laughs> Alright, movie ends, and uh, Pedro Pascal's a good guy, and uh, Steve Trevor's still dead. So let's get into the game of games. <laughs> This is. I like how we just completely skipped over the fact that the big cheetah battle happens, and she just flies in looking like Goldar for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh, uh, you also, see, I guess the secret gonna... armor of my people that I had to steal from the Natural History Museum because uh, that's the thing. You figure it yeah, out. Is that are those wings gonna go back to like Hawk Girl or something? Parker, are they making a Hawk Girl movie? Probably. Don't answer that. Uh, at this so, point, probably is she a Jedi. Yeah. Don't worry. No, speaking oh, of... Uh, no, oh. she's an angel. Oh, my heart. So, uh, oh, we should talk about the uh, the mid-credits scene. I did not see this. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Buddy. That's good. Um, so, oh. I mentioned Linda Carter a couple times. She... Bless you. I mentioned Bless. Linda Carter a couple times. <laughs> the only time I've ever done that. I mentioned Linda Carter a couple of times. She was the original Wonder Woman from that TV show. Remember, she had that stupid spinning thing. Uh, anyway, apparently she was one of the uh, ancient, she's not that old, uh, Amazons on that planet. And they say something like, she's been doing this for a long time. Wink the, it, it's about the same as uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's an angel? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Parker, I'm going to keep mentioning that until you watch that movie. I'm not going to. Okay, I'm going to Dragon Ball, so I have. On my own. <laughs> okay, in that case, that's the end. That's uh, We had to get that out of there. Um, she winks at the fucking camera. Yeah. It's By the way, cool. no refunds. So let's get into the game of games. As we should. Three thirty in the fucking... <laughs> Alright, so uh, sometimes you're really glad an episode goes long, because I realized as I was looking at this sheet while Chris rambled on about something or other, that I had done an incorrect tabulation. You see, I had done one correct tabulation, and that was that Chris's teams were four and six, which is good for last place. Sorry, buddy. But I did my math on Monday, before the Bills and the Patriots played, and I realized that I incorrectly attributed the Bills win to the Patriots, because I just assumed that, you know, that they would somehow pull it out. So it turns out that my teams are 6-4, and four, and Parker's are 5-5, five and five, and I get to assign Chris Damn a movie. Good. Damn it. Well, before I get to that, uh, the Dragon Balls this week were the Falcons, who belong to me, and the Jaguars and Eagles, who both belong to Parker. So if you're keeping track at home of the Dragon Balls, I have three, There's Chris has two, Parker has ten. Jinkies. Now, Chris, we talked about a very, very good director earlier in this show named uh, George Clooney. And I think it's time that somebody on the show watches Suburbicon. 
I was really hoping that you were going to say up in the air. <laughs> yeah, you'd like that, yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah, because that movie's good, and uh, he didn't direct it. That's how you can tell. Great. Suburbicon. That's not even a real movie. That somehow is a real movie. Do not ask me, because I don't understand. Now, we have some devices we need to make some rolls for. Uh, who would like to go first? Me. Alright, Chris. So you have a butcoin mining rig that is now fixed. So you can have odds or evens. I will go with evens. That is a 19. How? Okay. Parker, do you have anything for our friend Chris? Let me see here, my good friend. You know what? I'll be nice. I want you to watch What We Do in the Shadows, the movie version. You know what's weird? I actually have that downloaded. Thank you. Alright, Parker. Odds or evens? Even Steven. That is a three. Chris, do you have something for Parker? Tank girl. God, no. (laughs) Do I have anything to stop this? (laughs) Actually, wait, am I allowed to do this? Because I've I've assigned him Tank Girl before, and he previously uh, used an immunity idol. Let me consult with the dragon. (laughs) Alright, so so what Shenron says is that uh, I can assign it to him still, but you can't. Okay, alright, Tank Girl is off the table. In that case, I'm going to be nice to Parker, just as he was nice to me. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got a little more from Shenron. He says it's on the table again next year. Okay, yeah, that, that, I that's think that's fair. fair. Uh, next year is coming up shortly, Parker. So, uh, oh, I want to talk about it. <laughs> Let me see. What do I got? What do I got? What do I got? A whole bunch of movies over here, most of which you've already seen. Um,. We'll get back to it. Okay. Well, now I will roll Jinkies. for Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> All right. Good. So, I will be assigning a movie here, and it is Parker's turn. Now, Parker. Oh. I'm going to assign you a movie called Sniper. The plot summary is that a U.S. Marine sniper is partnered with a SWAT member to take out rebel leaders in the jungles of Panama. And your two leading men are Tom Berenger and Billy Zane. Oh, thank you. Damn. I thought you were talking about Shooter at first. Buddy, you know I'm seeing Shooter. I kind of fuck with Shooter, not gonna lie. That movie works way better than it should. Alright, what else we got here for the game of games? That is, um... That is all of our device roles. Does anybody have any wishes they would like to, uh... Put out there, or...? Oh, uh, pocket this. Pocket wait, this? One, one, second. This. one more week. Parker, have you seen? Uh, Parker, have you have you seen Galaxy Quest? Oh yeah. Damn so it. Many times. Fucking shit. Okay. Damn, this week sucks. I'm so far behind. Yeah, I, I, I got him finally. Oh wait. Okay, here's a good one. I start watching things. I'm sorry to do this. I I do think this is a great movie. You're probably gonna hate it. 1944, black and white. Arsenic and Old Lace. It's a, sounds like it's be a lot of blackface. It's a, no, not as much as you'd like. Uh, Arsenic and Old Lace is a black comedy, dark comedy, and uh, it's <laughs> nice save. 
Yeah, thank you. And it's uh, it's actually a classic. This should be a Halloween classic. I think you will adore this movie. Maybe. No, that's probably good. Yeah, <laughs> you you will laugh very hard. I promise. Okay, so Man, I just uh, looked at all the stuff I had to watch. I was like, "What the fuck is Foam Adventure retrospective?" <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Also, P.S. I'm going to need a link to whatever. All right, this. all right. I, uh, when we finish, not yeah, now. Yeah, the first yeah. time anyone's ever asked. I got for that you link. covered. Don't worry. Okay, Parker, do you have any wishes? I'll save them for the playoffs. I've got some things in mind, but they might be more elaborate than I planned. Oh, great! You know, yeah. All right, I'm trying to make a show out of this. Well, we have um. Two community teams to roll for. You see, the uh, the Dolphins did well this week. They managed to beat the Raiders in one of the stupidest football games I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes. So let's roll those good dice. It never gets easier. All right, who wants to make a wish? <gasps> what? Jinkies. Oh, uh, uh, would you like to explain? No. Oh, uh, but, uh, <laughs> hey, Chris, you go first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd like Parker to read a book. Okay. <laughs> well, that's not within his power, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> mm. All right, what is the book? Let me see. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Literally any book. <laughs> I'm at my shelf I want to pet the kitty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, oh, you don't... You'd have to buy the book. I'll buy the book for him. I will I will purchase the book and I will get it into his hands. Uh, I have a library. I don't yeah, live in the middle of a farm. Yeah, you do. I'm going to... I don't believe you'll go to... I don't think you have a library card. Okay, and I don't believe they have this book. It is Kurt Loder's The Good, The Bad, and The God Awful, which is the best book on film that I've ever read. If this impact ever said load. <laughs> Parker, would you like to make a wish? <sighs> I feel like something terrible is happening, so I'm trying to. <laughs> I would like to wish for unlimited immunity idols. Let's see if that's possible. Okay. All right. And I am going to wish for four Dragon Balls. Because I like having even numbers. Now, as you guys know, all wishes come with a price. They sure do. So, Chris. Parker's going to have to read your book. But you're going to have to read Ready Player Two. Oh, man. And Parker... That's fucked and up. Parker, that is fucked up. You get unlimited immunity idols. But only if the third person involved in whatever the movie is agrees to give you immunity. Okay, that's fair. And I get four Dragon okay. Balls, but so do both of you. Pog. So that is seven, six, and fourteen. So Chris, you're almost there. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> now for uh, the bad dice. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, can I use my uh, hyperbolic time chamber? Sure. To remove <laughs> re to yeah. remove Ready Player Two. <laughs> yeah, I'll allow that. Thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, can I use my Dragon Balls for him to listen to the audiobook of Ready Player Two? <laughs> I do not see why not. All right, Audio down to seven. You can put that on can like 1.5 speed. You'll be fine. Absolutely. Can I? Can It'll I be just like the Chipmunk movies you watched. 
Can I use an immunity idol on the audiobook of Ready Player Two? Sorry, dragons. You are cannot too powerful use an immunity idol things. on a dragon wish. However, damn. Oh, you don't have enough dragon balls. Well, I. Jinkies. Well, yeah, that's right. I've. Yeah. Oh, time chambers. There we go. Audiobook of Ready Player Two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be nice. Do so you think it's Will Wheaton again? I hope so. All right, let's see what our bad dice roll is. Just think, dude. Those were the good dice. <laughs> Those are the good. Don't dice. worry about it. Category: good. Films about lions. Oh. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Give me one second here. this all right so you know essence of fairness here it's movies about lions that's the that's the premise here chris you're gonna be watching the ghost in the darkness which is the movie where val kilmer fights killer lions in africa along with exclamation mark and parker you're gonna be watching rogue a 2020 movie Starring Megan Fox as some sort of sniper. Oh, fuck. I, I walked past that like five times and went, I should make one of them watch this. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> thought about that earlier. Yeah. Correct. I did not write down a third one, so let me find something I have to watch. TBD, but it'll be about lions, I promise you. Cecil the Lion, the documentary. That's not a thing. No, it's not a thing. If it was, I would watch it. <laughs> Documentary. That's a documentary. That's from the 1940s. Watch the Lion King remake. <sighs> Possibly. I think it's. Uh, I might. I might. I might. Yeah. You know what? Why not? That's fine. There I'm good go. with that. You gotta. You gotta read a book or listen to a book or whatever <laughs> we're saying here. So. Yeah. Uh, Parker, actually, about that. Tell you what. Like, would you like to enter into a negotiation? I'm open to it. Okay. What if I were to pay you four Dragon Balls that I got under mysterious circumstances, and in return, instead of listening to the audiobook of Ready Player Two, I instead watched the episode of Season 1, Episode 12 of God Friended Me, entitled Ready Player Two. You know, it's tempting, but that's going to be a no-go for me. Damn, okay. <laughs> I don't know, that's a pretty good deal. President Deals over here whips wow. again. That's the do-nothing Democrats. I'm just thinking long-term, him trying to describe Ready Player 2 is going to give me at least, like, 18 months of content. That's, you, uh, that's actually true, yeah. You, you sure you don't want to do this, dude? It's a good deal. It's a lot of Dragon Balls. Not it's a lot a of weeks left. It is a lot of Could Dragon be another balls. wish. Well, it is a lot of Dragon Balls, but you know. Well, you know, deal, deal. Oh, hold tight. Maybe my mining rig will smile on my favor these yeah, last maybe. couple weeks. Yeah, there you Let's go. See what happens. No, I would like my good friend to pour back on <laughs> Great. The, the, good, the adventures of, uh, what are their names? I <laughs> forgot already. You can, uh, you can read Kurt Lode's book. Kurt Loader. <laughs> And that's the tea, sis.